Check, 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 check. Check one, check. Yeah, we both go, me and Dutch both go into DTs. We yep. don't take credit. <laughs> My nose starts running. I don't do that. <laughs> I just get, I just start feeling crummy. Well, go into, what is it? DTs. Detox. I haven't. It's I've, not, it's not like, you just feel off, you know? Yeah, you like, don't feel bad. Or yawny, a little yeah. yawny. Yeah, I start picking up a pan flute and going to fucking town. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do the show, folks. <laughs> oh, yeah, for you? Shit, yes. That's yeah, way too That's much. way the fuck too much. Yeah. Take it. <laughs> that's good. That right there would be good for you. <laughs> it's going to go either way. He's going to feel really good or really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Just drink it slow. I've, I've heard of people like taking Kratom and like puking, but I've always Absolutely. Had, that's happened to quite a few people. Either I've mm-hmm. always had like a, a decent dose that I've already, I've always felt good with it. I had a friend, I told her to take <laughs> half a teaspoon. She took two tablespoons <laughs> <laughs> and she said yeah she felt and she said it's like i took a big shot of smack and i had to lay down and go to sleep like, i remember uh whenever we were playing up at daniel's vineyards uh, me you and aaron and yeah. we gave you a little bit to mix in with your uh gatorade i think mm-hmm. about hole four you were like man i feel like i'm on a cloud yeah, you feel really good it does feel really good especially the first time yeah. and you spend the rest of your life chasing um, that I don't think I think if you quit long enough, you you can recapture that. Yeah, and I mean it's not like because it doesn't uh, affect the body like an opiate because it's not an opiate. It's like a it's an imposter chemical. It know, uh, so. sort of tickles the opiate receptors. Right. Hey, JMO, bud. Yeah. Um. What I'm, what I want you to do is talk into that there microphone. He acts like he's never been around. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are these? (laughs) His headphones? (laughs) That's what he was doing. Puts them on like an Abe Lincoln beard. (laughs) (laughs) He's putting them around his taint. Oh, my God. That's how they work. (laughs) I'm going to tell Elena you put her her headphones on your balls. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) You got it. There we go. Am I allowed to wear a hat? No, actually, we have a no hat policy here at PFR. Just kidding. He's wearing I'm, one. I'm right. grandfathered in. But. Yeah, you're grandfathered in. Aaron always wears a hat. Elena wears a yarmulke because she's Jewish now. Yeah, and a male Jew. For yeah, reason. big Ben Shapiro fan. Yeah. Big Shapiro fan. Change Elena. Her, yeah. tra- change her name to Yentl. Yeah. Talk into your microphone for me, Jeremy. Talking into microphone. <laughs> mm. Is that good? That's talk, pretty. Talk, talk, talk into talk, 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 really like, talk like normal. And that way you don't have to be right up on it whenever you talk. So uh, right here. That's good. good. Yeah, that's good great. Distance. Okay. Great distance. We're doing good. We're doing some things here. We're already three minutes in. We only got to burn up like another 57 minutes, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Only, only Let's go. Soon. Ooh, check it out. Hold on. What? I still need to do the 10 seconds of silence so I can get the room tone. Neat. So if everybody can be silent for me for 10 seconds, starting now. There we go. It's good enough. I burped at the end. That's good enough. (laughs) That's good enough. I had some uh, Dixie's drive-thru. I I silently farted, but you'll know in a few minutes. Yeah. Dixie's drive-thru. What's that? In Anstead. I think it's an old DQ that's been repurposed. Oh. The one there in center town. Right on. When you're driving along Route 60. Richwood has a repurposed DQ. Hmm. 
they repurposed their DQ. Their DQ isn't a DQ anymore. It's some no, it's some something else. But they're still using the building. You know, a repurposed DQ is always better than the regular DQ. It is. Mm-hmm. It really. I mean, is. because they really have the same recipes and all that shit, but they really go for it. We need to start a petition to repurpose the one in Montgomery. We need to have the one, the one repurpose the Bowinkles repurpose the Bridge and kick all those people. Oh out. god, yeah, all the people that live there now. Yeah, and just kick them out. Remember how good Bowinkles was? Oh fuck. Let's dude. talk about Bowinkles for. 54 minutes. There was a Bo Winkles up in fucking Cabin Creek until 2008. <laughs> now it's wow. a Dairy Winkle. Now it's a Dairy Winkle. Now it's a Dairy Winkle. Yeah. He's the same ugly kid. <laughs> He's winking the other eye. I was just like, why are we doing this? Can we get. That's why you went under. You had a shitty fucking mascot. For those that don't know, we have a. Uh, Is that in a West Virginia only chain? I think so. Yeah. We have a uh, special guest. J Mo is here. He's queer. And you're going to have to get used to it because we're going to talk about yeah. sucking dicks a lot on this episode and taking stuff in your the butt. The sucking dick spectacular. I'm a ginger who will make you cringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that when I'm taking a drink of cradle. <laughs> We've given Jeremy fentanyl lace cradle. <laughs> so. He'll be dead in 20 minutes. It'll be gonna, great. It's going to be a great But I get minutes. to feel like a hero because I've got, uh, what's Narcan. this stuff? Narcan. <laughs> but boy, what a ride it'll be. <laughs> oh, what a ride. God, I guess that, I should play the theme song. What, talk about an irresponsible, irresponsible fucking chemical. Fentanyl. That shit kills in like a molecule. I mean, it's fucking crazy. Fentanyl or yes. Narcan? Yeah, it's, it's insane. It is wild. Like they showed a, a, a lethal dose of heroin, which is like a stack, and then they showed a lethal dose of fentanyl. It's like this. Good lord! Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's like three grains beside of a a coin. It's like four or five grains sitting beside a coin. It's like that's a lethal dose. You're like what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, but I wonder there? if that's actually true. I don't know. You could actually you could accidentally inhale it and kill. well, see that's the thing though too. They found out the cops have been bullshitting about that. Like they're uh, yeah 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 yeah. The, he was in a fentanyl laced room and it you know it's just like no that's and every every expert they talk about, like no that's complete horseshit. Mm. They did it to add charges to people. Oh, you know, yeah. So. yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna play the theme song. Everybody, buckle up. That's not that's not the goddamn theme song. It's your new theme song. Yeah. Imagine if that was the theme song, just this sad song that I wrote ten years ago. It'd be great. Woo! <laughs> I've not seen that one in a long time. This is the the engineer. <laughs> <laughs> the dandruff flipper for being a bass player for being a bass player is completely without rhythm as far as dancing goes but we can he can slap at a bass slap at a bass he can slap at a bass ah, slap at a bass he can that's it ben can like pop you know pop and slap yeah he's really good at it yeah like he's a he's an excellent bass player i do not enjoy Overall, I don't enjoy like uh, bands that have slap bass in them all the time. Like I don't like funk music that I, much. I, I can't really, I can't really do that. I never really spent much time trying to do that. Yeah, I imagine once you're good at the instrument, it wouldn't be that difficult to discover how to do it. But to do it well would probably be difficult. You know, no, no, like nobody's up, bo- up to speed and everything. Right? Nobody's Bootsy Collins or Les Claypool or you Flea. Know. We're talking about Flea. Yeah, today. we were talking about. Flea. Is he actually that good of a bassist? 
He like technically is, but he's not my favorite. One of my favorite bass players to listen. to. Let's get to. into that. Okay. Okay. That's actually, see. That's what. I, see, this me, is an interesting conversation. Me and Jeremy were driving home. We were we were talking about what songs we would take off of the uh, White Album to make it the best album of all time. And that's something we're going to get into later. You're going to be so bored by this. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I brought my spend, Kindle Fire. We're going to spend an hour on it. Chuck, <laughs> there's going to be all the disc golf talk you can handle. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we played 36 holes today, and I did not do well. Oh, well. I've got a lot of complaining to do. <laughs> anyway, what were you wanting to get into, bass players? Yes. Um, see, I'm, I'm one of those people that, were right, that was – around musicians and raised around musicians so i know good players when i hear them i can't play anything but i know somebody good when i hear them play at least as i think i do and i was exposed to all the the best bass players like uh gary well not gary hoey uh Stu ham and fucking you know oh, yeah. uh jaco pastorius he's a bass player isn't he? Mm, oh yeah. yeah and he he was a great one mm-hmm. i think he's dead isn't he was he? a like a mad genius bass player right and yeah, he got yeah. killed outside of a bar like a guy stabbed him mm-hmm. um of course cliff burton les claypool um the basis for tool man i I don't i can't remember uh justin is it chamberlain i think so something like yeah he's great like tool is a bass driven band so i feel justin chancellor i think that's it not chamberlain i'm thinking of jimmy chamberlain the drummer right smashing pumpkins um hell the guy from mr big the billy sheehan oh he's a good bassist you know so I i was wondering what your thoughts on who's uh who who's your favorite bass player and uh who do you think the best one is? Uh, I mean, I'm a big Beatles fan, so I, I really respect Paul McCartney's bass playing. Gotcha. I don't think he ever popped and slapped. No. That just wasn't Probably his thing. Probably not, no. And he played with a pick a lot, which is, for some people, that's a no-no. You know, it's verboten for play, a lot of people. Yeah. That's a Gene Simmons. I've he heard mostly it played with a pick. Yeah, especially in the early days when he, whenever you actually watch them play on stage and stuff, he was playing with a pick a lot of the time, and he it was perfect. Well, yeah. I've talked about this with John before, and John said that some people view it as less talent, like that that masks less talent. But I don't think that would be true. I think it would just be by choice. He didn't agree with that. Yeah, he, and he, mm-hmm. he can play. I've talked instruments. to him about that before. Yeah, too. so you, he can play fifty instruments, and yeah. you know, I respect his. You know, but some bass players who are really good bass players do say that, like, "Hey, yeah, you got I'm not going to play with a fucking to. pick. Yeah, you, this is the only thing you play with. You know, um, but then you're getting into also upright bass. People who play upright bass probably think they're better than people who play. They the do bass. They 100. percent But they're do. fucking. They might be right because they're so. F- I mean, I don't know. They don't have frets, so it is harder. To right. You got to be precise. Like the the bass player, the upright bass player for uh, Lake Street Dive is a girl, and she's yeah. fucking oh, yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Like on uh, Bad Self Portraits, she's all over the yeah. place. You can hear it. Like it's like, you know, on that video, it's nuts. Yeah, so, they don't uh, even. A lot of them don't even have markers where the fret should be on the side of the of the bass neck. I think they usually do when. I think they kind of do have those. Not you can't see them on the front, but they're on. They are on the side. So they can. Okay. Maybe, maybe not always, but still, that's still it's hard. And we talk about people today. Imagine players from like, you know, like the the or the dawn of like great music. Mozart and all those guys. How how insanely talented those people were. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's just it's well, crazy. they would write all these movements just in their head and be like, okay, let's put this together now. Well, okay, I think Mozart was 
known for that. Like, uh, I don't know if it's true because Amadeus is based on a legend. It's not actually, they say it's not actually true, but they say it's like, it was like one of those street level things told, you know, a, a word of mouth story, a, you know, something like that. And, um, apparently Salieri had come or Mozart's wife had come to Salieri cause they needed money because they were both horrible with money. And believe it or not, back then, you know, it was almost worse than now to be bad with money because they did not give a fuck if you didn't eat. They were just yeah. like, oh, fuck you. You know, I don't care how much talent you fucking got. You know, I don't care if you are Mozart and you're famous. I, you're going to fucking die on the street if you don't have money. We're going to kick you out for not paying rent. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's way worse back, back then than it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine. <laughs> break glass in case. Of, <laughs> um, but uh, Salieri asked her because he's looking at the sheet music he's like can i borrow these and she's like well i'd like to but you know he would see that they're gone he's just like well he doesn't she's like those are all originals he doesn't make copies so he just wrote that down and he shows him flip flip flip, leafing through them he said there was not a single correction there was not a you know there was not not an erase mark there was nothing he wrote it out of his head like it just came to him like that you know and And that's for 30 different instruments that was a great part of the movie because he took he was either that part of the movie or another something happened like that and he took he was a devout christian like catholic to be he he gave god his chastity on that stuff because he loved music so much mozart was a rock star of the age he drank he was a womanizer you know all kinds of shit notorious for that kind of stuff and he was like really obnoxious i mean i think all those things are actually true like me except for good at what he does <laughs> uh, i guess <laughs> don't uh, nod your head Jama, you what? piece of shit i was trying to spare you <laughs> but um you wanted truth <laughs> salieri took his fucking cross off the wall and threw it in the fucking fire after dealing with something with mozart because mozart was such a piece of shit and was so great at what he did. So, um, if you ever get a chance, watch that movie. Amadeus. Yes, I, Amadeus, I actually own it on uh, Amadeus. Amadeus. Amadeus on Amazon. So, so, right on. Tom Hulse did a. He's 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 not. I don't think he gets as much respect as he deserves being as good an actor as he is. I mean, he's Tom Hulst. Hulse. H U L C E. He was in Animal House. He played. Uh, oh. He played Pinto. Um, he was in. Uh, one of his best performances was in Parenthood. Um, it's a Ron Howard movie, of course, and he did a great. But anyway, back to the original point, you know, oh, I recognize the shit out of this guy. Yeah, now. he's he's a great. He's a character actor. He's been in so much stuff. He's really great. But in that, I think he I think he got an Oscar nomination for that. Um, I think that F. Murray Abraham won an Oscar for that movie. Um, I recognize that guy too as a supporting actor. And I'm, <laughs> yes, I recognize the shit out of that. He guy plays Conchu's Conchu's voice in. Uh, uh, in uh, Moon Knight now, which I haven't watched the second episode yet. So I watched it. It's good. Yeah. Well, of course it is. I mean, Marvel is Marvel is almost like the Beatles now of of like that kind of thing because their their excellence is effortless. You know, they're like, yeah, we're just, we're just going to put in. out good things. It's not even DC is really fucking struggling. They're like, oh, now, God. I didn't <clears throat> I didn't uh, like it, but it was good. You know what I mean? You didn't like it? I'm just not into the character yet. It's going to take me a few episodes well, to everyone, love it. Moon Knight's not for everybody. I just like I like watching Oscar Isaac. He's great, but yeah, Oscar Isaac rules. Moon Knight is that street level guy. Daredevil, I'm thinking, will pop up in that show sooner or later. It seems like that's what I'm hearing. Well, it's part of the Marvel Knights brand. You know, it's like Marvel Knights. <laughs> <laughs> do I need Do I need to raise my hand? No, go ahead. I have a question. 
Does it bother you? I've heard some people it bothers like Oscar Isaac. He's in. He's big now in the Star Wars universe, and now he's in Marvel Dune. universe. Well, he's finished it. Does that bother you when like they're you know they're splitting their universes? Is that no? I mean, no. they're completely different entities. I mean, I don't. Nerds are suck. Nerds suck. They just. It's like casting somebody in DC and then in Marvel and then people having a problem with like fucking like Ryan Reynolds. Why? Yeah, wasn't he? He was in Green Lantern, which yeah. was a lump of shit. But um, but he was in Marvel first. Well, and then he was cast as Deadpool, and it was not a good version of Deadpool, which they do make fun of in the Deadpool movies. Yeah, so. or um, <clears throat> God damn it, his his it was just the guy, the Guardians of the Galaxy director. James He's doing Gunn. DC movies now too. Yeah, and shows Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick. It's a neat trick too because he was dead. They brought him <laughs> yeah. back to life. I mean, Disney can literally do anything. A lot of rape scenes, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except keep Republicans off their backs. I mean, yeah. But no, but the the ultimate the question wasn't answered. Who was your favorite, you know, just other than Paul Paul McCartney? Um Um The guy from uh, Foo Fighters. Oh, Nate Mendel. Um I like him. I mean I, he, I like his sound the way he's and you kinda look like sounds. him. Yeah. <laughs> I like he I mean I'm not big on like like flashy technical bass players, not mm-hmm. because I don't respect that, but like I'd rather hear just like a bass line that just serves the song and maybe it's not always flashy. Um, more of a utilitarian thing. Yeah. Just yeah. whatever, whatever serves the song the best. Like, so, I mean, sometimes I'll like, I like I've listened to Jocko stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's sort of like a different thing for me than just like a good bass line for a song. It's not necessarily what, uh, like I consider Flea always plays, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he's good technically and great, but mm-hmm. it's. But he doesn't have a lot of flash in there. Check this yeah. out. He's just kind of carrying it. Mm-hmm. This should be playing. Ooh. This is the baseline for something by the Beatles. He's playing his own song, and you don't notice it. He just knows he's doing a fat bass line, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. playing a different t- song completely. Paul was great at playing the bass melodically, but it still didn't get it in the way of other melodies going on in the song. Like he was just, he, you know, he knew how to like to weave through that perfectly. That's crazy. Oh, here's here it is isolated with the vocals and bass. Something in the way she moves. Attracts me like no other lover. Oh, it's a good song about self. Oh yeah. <laughs> Something in Always had a great bass tone. I noticed that a lot of uh, punk bands have good bassists. I mean, um, I mean, I like the way it sounds anyway. Mm-hmm. I know it's not, you know, anything great. Or that is a know. genre of music where the bass players usually do play with the pick. Right. We we're, I mean, were talking about that, and you mentioned Nate Mendel, the mm-hmm. Foo Fighters. I I read something uh, where like he like he's always played with a pick, but on the last Foo Fighters album, they tried to be a little dancier with some of the songs, mm-hmm. so, like not techno dance, but but he started like for the first time like he played some songs with fingers, and then he was talking about like him and the producer Greg Kirsten, I think, talking about you just get a different tone, a different feel, it just works better. 
you know, for right. certain styles of music. <clears throat> well, you know, bass, I mean, punk is all on the downstroke, you know, yeah. so it's like it would be hard to do that with just your fingers. Yeah, you and it, I mean, gotta, and you could, and it st- but it still wouldn't be the same feel. Like, it, I mean, you could play it's it. It's a completely different yeah. thing. Like, um, the music wouldn't feel the same. We have a song that we're, we're uh, doing in a sort of a punk style, and I can't do quick downstrokes, mm-hmm. so it's not going to sound like that punky of a song because of the way I play, mm-hmm. but that's my style. Right. I don't do downstrokes. It's going to be more like a down up. It's going to be almost like a ska style, but it's not going to sound like ska because I wouldn't do that. It's, uh, I, I mean, don't want to appropriate. Ska's okay, but it's, you know, it's at that intersection. Of, short dose. Well, it's, at, it's, at it's at that intersection of punk. I love a horn Rockabilly, section. ska. I love a horn know, section. Yeah. Like there's very few ska bands I actually really love. I like, um, I like the hippos, which isn't necessarily a ska band, but they have all the uh, they have all the the accoutrement without being a ska band. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, the Interrupters are uh, have a lot of ska in it. So I know they were like a, a, a poppy version, but are the Mighty Mighty Boston's still around? Or they oh, absolutely! I think they I still, mean, still play, play. Of course, I mean they're I, huge. I remember like the nineties like had a lot of cool things in music. Mm-hmm. Even the bad music. we talked about this. Even the bad music in the nineties was still a lot better than the good music. music. Now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, we talked about how there's no uh, pop rock bands anymore. Like at uh, the Regatta's coming back and Fastball. Oh yeah, fa- yeah. Everclear. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, I was just like, the Nixons. Do you are think playing. that they? Do you think that they resent that or they're gonna? I think Fastball think, and uh, Fastball's played before up there cool at Level the Levy. Fastball and Everclear, like Everclear was huge. Yeah, they were. And they just like playing. They just want to play. It's like a fucking Third Eye Blonde. It goes on tour every year. Yeah, and I people mean, love them. They, were, they got some like kind of some slack for being like too poppy and not a real rock band, but God damn But it. when you hear the fucking it, chords kick into semi-charm kind of life, you're oh, like, yeah, doot, 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 motherfucker. And I mean, they're just... I didn't like that one as well, but... You uh, shut your mouth. But uh, was it Never Let You Go or yeah. whatever? Never like, Let You Go. Like a per- and how's it going to be? A perfect, I mean, oh, yeah. Like like those are perfect song. pop rock songs. Mm-hmm. Like it's Graduate. Graduate. They were not... See, they got classified as a one-hit wonder. They most certainly were not. It's like the Gin Blossoms getting classified as a one-hit wonder. They Blossoms. Oh, yeah. We don't have a Gin Blossoms right now. No. There's no pop rock bands coming out. There's, there's nice, there's nice little like that. unoffensive pop songs about girls. Well, the music business, the Napster and stuff did exactly what the musician said. It it, mm-hmm. it crushed the music business. So you know now, it, but that's a good thing in a way because it drove out the people that were trying to make a buck. Yeah. But there are people who are trying to make a buck who are good, you know. And it's but, even harder now. Right. And it retained the people who really loved it. You know? There's still good pop music. Like Billie Eilish has good songs. I don't see I don't I don't ever listen to her. You I'd think you'd like it. A lot of it's really weird. It's like I can't believe this is a pop song, you know? Well, some of it like Adele. I was in Books a Million. Books a uh, hundred. And uh <laughs> and um <laughs> They had their music playing I liked all of it And it's just like this Some of it was almost Like dream pop You know Like kind of It's weird that my My tastes Go to extremes of things It's just the way I am You know Punk I love punk And then dream pop Which I don't think They could be any more dissimilar uh, I think that's That's perfectly reasonable I think there's good And bad music In any genre Right and then you got, you got uh, uh, Lana Del Rey is big still mm-hmm. She's I love her music It's ridiculous It's like It's uh Sarcastic, mm-hmm. like it's hard to be sarcastic in a song. You know what I mean? There's, there's always a sense of like epicness and melancholy yeah, in our song. Yeah, um, I love melancholy too. Like, uh, you know, I was listening to jazz, especially jazz. I don't like happy jazz. Like, 
if I'm going to listen to it. You don't like the but up, but but no, I don't. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Like that. Well, that's not true. I like it sometimes, but if I really want to, like, I'm driving home today, and I had my fill. I mean, I had punked it up and back you know and i was just like you were punky bruce <laughs> dude i really fucking was i was like i have uh i'll get on a playlist and i put you know 20 songs on it and i'll just you know rock them until i can't you know uh and there's a lot of good songs on there i had a great song by nothington i had you know um a song by uh a band i just discovered um you discovered them you're their a and r man no i'm that i just <laughs> discovered them for me um, it was um Something in the Stonecutters. I mean, it was like this, and it's girl, and it's it's almost rockabilly type. It's great. I love it. Um, you know, and, that, and that's a really great song. I want to play one of them at the end. Um, I think we could get away with playing. Uh, some I had, we so. had four episodes taken off of Spotify this week. Really? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Because of, it's like, because of early episodes where we just, oh, like, hey, well, let's listen right. to this whole Pearl Jam album. Oh, we did that, too. <laughs> we did that a lot. But these are people that aren't, like, uh, face-to-face is... Face to Face is a great punk group, and they're even stepping into that line of hardcore because they've got you know a lot of a lot of melody and stuff to their stuff too. They remind me of Bad Religion a lot. Um, all you know, they're all these, and I was just killing it. And I, at one point, I was just like, Whew, I'm really kind of you know, it's it's bludgeoned me where I don't. Yeah, listen you've to been it right punked. <laughs> you've been punked. So I need so I need something else. So I'm, Ashton Kutcher shows up. I looked for. I just put on. I said just said uh, the Alexa. I was like just you know. Play jazz And yeah, it was Miles some, Davis on Bitches brew And there was mm. Some happy stuff came on I was like Oh no I just fast forward Through it Because I was just like The melancholy jazz Is weird Because it's like It's more joyful As melancholy You, you would know? like it, the You would like the new Father John Misty album I probably would We listened to it We listened to it on the I need today. I really need to get Into new stuff Because I'm I'm trying to branch out And quit You know the punk thing hit me a couple of years ago, and I really got into it, like leaned into it hard because I didn't realize how much I liked it. And then I was just like, I really like this shit. And then that's all I would listen to. I think it's out of my system now where that's still going to be yeah, a, that big, was a, couple of years a big part of my what I listen to, but yeah. I want to move into another direction. Yeah, you can always come back stuff. to it whenever right. you want. I mean, I, my Amazon just on my uh, Discovery mix just only sends me punk. It's good to listen so, to lots of things like um, <clears throat> we're uh, me and JMO are recording an album at some point, and um, each song is going to be different than the last. There's no two songs that are going to sound exactly the same. Sort of like each song could be like a love letter to a different style of music. a different awesome. genre. That's great. Like we're one's going to be in the style of early Beatles. One's going to be. Um, Got a rockabilly one in the style kind of of, mm-hmm. of late Beatles. And one's going to be in the style of late Beatles. One's going to be in the style of mid Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Beatles cover up. <laughs> I wrote all the songs, but we're ripping. There, you can't, all you need is covers. That's yeah. the name of the, that's the name of the album. You can't you can't not rip them off. That's the thing. Well, like even even impossible. if even like they wrote the per, the first heavy metal song was is uh, did they? Yeah. Which what it was Helter Skelter. It's the first heavy metal song. I thought you really got me by the Kinks, but it's the first heavy metal song. That was the first punk song, I think. Good point. It was so that uh, distortion of that guitar. Oh, it was, uh, those yeah. were cut. Um, he talked about that. He cut, he cut, the, he cut the, 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 yeah. yeah. That's before they had distortion pedals, so they had to like just modify something. That, Somebody busted the speaker, shit, and they yeah. were like, hey. That is very punk of them to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's very punk. Punk um, is, you know, like, you know, social distortion, shit like that. It's just the best. I was watching uh, La Bamba 
and it's got it's a great movie. It is. Isay Morales and Brian <laughs> Setzer's in it, and like, and he's in it understandably because the Stray Cats are like that, mm-hmm. like that that fifties when punk was really starting to be created. You know, one of the songs we're doing is going to be like a fifties pop rock song. I love those. The one we just went over today. The, yeah. We changed it. I have a song that's in 4-4, mm-hmm. which is the regular timing that everything's in. Mm-hmm. Then I tried it last night when I got home from work in like a like a waltz, like a one, two, three, one, two. And then today, I was like, well, what about 6-8, which is, it's, uh, this is 3-4. Uh, one, two, three, one. This is 6-8. One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two. It's, it pushes. It's mm-hmm. more pushing. We're going to do it like A hard that. driver type song. Yeah. Yeah. But it's gonna. But it's also might have doo wop elements. I don't know. It depends on what we do when we decide to record it. Right. A lot of the things are on the table for for this. I'm really anxious. Or just like it. maybe it just has wop ele- elements like yeah. uh, Cardi B. <laughs> Maron. <laughs> he was going more with the. Racial, I was going. You were going, going with the racial slur. I was, I was going with racial slurs. <laughs> yeah, as See? he always does. That's odd. How it's like a Rorschach yeah. test. Everybody well, sees something different. You're allowed. You're allowed to be racist against the Italians. Those freaking sauce monkeys. and the Turks. <laughs> oh yeah, the Turks deserve it though. <laughs> There's yeah. a whole skit on Viva Variety, which was the state. And they said, it's just like, try not to hate the Turks. And they were like, <laughs> it's like a fucking correspondence thing where they would give you tapes and shit to who's your learn favorite, how to not Who's your favorite Turks. guitar player of all time? Oh, God. I've never, I don't know. That's mine. I always go with uh, Mike Campbell from the Heartbreakers. Uh, he's very, yeah. I love the way he plays. It's not it's too hard, flashy. hard to beat that. Um, he played Tellies and he played Les Pauls a lot. I've always liked him. question for me. I mean, that's a lot of that's yeah. a lot of ground to go. What do you think? Yeah. Who's your favorite? Well, we can break that into different subcategories, like, like rock guitar, rock guitarist. Fuck, <laughs> I'm thinking. Like, I'm. Who's your favorite rhythm guitarist of a, a post rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, of a rock- pr- proto punk. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I like uh, tiny subgenres. I, d- I like Mike Ness. I think Mike Ness is a good guitar player. I think that he's serviceable tune. You know, it's it's a Springsteen song. You know, yeah. social distortion or just you know, it's not song. A, Springsteen's not a bad guitar player. Either. No, he's not. He never he doesn't play lead a lot. But right. whenever you watch him in concert, he'll play lead right al- right along with little Steven. Mm-hmm. And he does well. He can play. And um, he plays that fucking beat up telly. I love a man that plays a telly. I swear to God. Yeah, I love telecasters. Sexual. Um, <laughs> As you can see hanging there, I got two tellies. Yeah. What about a surf caster? I don't, I don't, I don't mind those. I love surf music. Like surf real, music rules. I like it, yeah. there's that intersection of that too, where Dick Dale and the Deltones and all that mm-hmm. stuff is that's very punkish. You know, it's. I remember one time I brought home Matt. Let me borrow his uh, twelve string that only had six strings on it, and I was trying to teach myself how to play. And my dad walks in and he sees me, and he takes a guitar out of my hand and he just just starts playing Rumble. By um, Link your Ray. dad, Link Ray. Yeah, my dad just I started playing. Play. Yeah. He started playing Rumble. Then he did like the little run. The like he did the run at the end. I, I had like, no piece idea. Of shit. I had no idea he played guitar. He didn't know how to play much. But then after he was forced to retire, he bought the Esteban tapes. I remember and he those the Esteban guitar, <laughs> and he started growing out his fingernails, and he could finger pick really good That's compared crazy. to me at it's least. So good. Yeah. Wow. Link Ray, uh, there's a whole documentary about this, was a Native American. Yeah. And they told him in the music industry, don't tell people you're a Native American. Yeah. You're just a dark plexion white guy, you know, or, or better, a Mexican. <laughs> that might have been why my dad liked him so much, because my dad is obviously uh, a wagon burner. He was. I um, mean, he had he had it in him. You can tell sure. by his complexion. 
Yeah. He was a dark There's man. There's a lot of Native Americans. Oh, really? Here. Yeah. He's, my dad was tan. My older brother is uh, darker complected than me, too. My friend Brian Morris looks like he stepped off a reservation. I mean, and he's and none of his other siblings or, or family members look like that. Right on. So does that he's, mean you're like one third Indian? I don't. Native American. I'm, I'm how not, is that? How is that? Per, how is that percentage? That proportion work? Though? I'm not. I don't think one third. One sixty fourth. I think it has to be not <laughs> enough to where I get a check. I know that much. I'm too white. White. I meant to say Native American. Yeah, you're allowed to say Indian. They, most of them don't mind it. They don't. They're they're beyond that point. They're like you know. They're too drunk. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. That's the worst thing we did to them other than killing all of them was getting uh breeding in the balding gene to them and also getting them oh. giving them alcohol. Did they not have male pattern baldness before? No. They don't produce <laughs> I don't think they produce that variety of testosterone. Yeah, most of them don't bald. That's why my yeah. brother still has his hair and my dad never lost his hair. And me and my other brother, you see. I got one the, of them's dead. I think I got the version of testosterone that like makes me really hairy, like You're lots hairy of bo- fella. body hair. Yeah, yeah. You're a hairy guy. I'm pretty hairy. I too. take TRT and it uh, and it turned that. He's got hair growing on his eyeballs. It, it turned that dial up. Actually, I mean, it wasn't that bad, and then it, it turned that dial way up. So, mm. favorite drummers. Oh shit! Who do I think's the best? We didn't even, even um, have to be the best. We just scratched the surface of guitar players. Oh, that, yeah. That's a but tough that's, one. That's a really tough one. I'll come. We'll come back to but that. One we'll of my, that. my Mike Campbell's my favorite lead guitarist. My fav- favorite rhythm guitarist, and this is going to be a weird one. Pete Townsend from the Who. He also played I the lead. See that. With the, this his drumming pad, like the brung, like where you, yeah. you just yeah. beat the shit out of his guitar. I take a lot. You do that a lot in your playing. I do that a lot. Um, Stone Gossard's one of my favorites, of course. Of course, George. John Kirk Hammett He's a great guitar player Kirk Hammett's an insane guitar player Steve Vai Steve Vai Just I hate That, I that whole level of guys I don't Joe like Cetriani. I don't like listening To Steve Vai <laughs> I, like, I don't like him either I like Joe Cetriani a lot I like listening uh, He's to more stuff. melodic Dude like, Flying in a blue dream yeah. Holy shit What a great uh, song Eric Johnson Very melodic Yeah Good tone Gary Hoey Don't know who that is you never heard of Gary Hoey? I know Randy Yoey, <laughs> former newscaster here. He now, yeah, he yeah, he went from uh, whatever WSAZ. Now he's on NPR. Are radio. you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? Yes, he's on NPR. So he can he can <laughs> have more in depth reports about uh, you know real kittens, West Virginians, and yeah. They can go more in depth with, and then he can have, as Pat Oswalt put it, sad jazz music wafting through a sewer pipe. Wah 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 wah. It's like the NPR style of music. This um, is rare air. Other guitar. I love players. NPR. It's the best. My favorite. Uh, going back to bass players, my favorite bass player is obviously Paul McCartney. Um, Cliff Burton. I'm not a big Metallica guy, but I know he was very good. Um, I like Jeff Ament. Um he was he was kind of different. He did players. more of he did more of like what the twelve string bass. He had a lot of in the early like early albums. He did twelve string fretless. Um, guitar players. I mean, Gosh, the, Bob Dylan's a pretty good guitar player for what he did. Right. You know? It's like guitar playing is such a big it's category. It's a big heart. Yeah. a lot of people under it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, all the guys from Led Zeppelin were impeccable at their instruments. It's, they stole other songs. Yeah, <laughs> like on uh, F's for Family, they were called Stolen Riffs. I, I think, awesome. yeah. I mean, I haven't really thought about, it, and I know I'm missing a lot of people that I really like playing guitar. But I was going to say Jimmy Page is probably. I don't know if he's one of my favorite, but he's probably one of the better guitar players that have existed in rock music. Imagine being in the Yardbirds. And that was crazy. How much it, Jeff Beck? Yes. Um, Eric Clapton 
and Jimmy Page. Jimmy Page. That's fucking. Nuts. Imagine being the guy, the, the guy in the Yardbirds who wasn't one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What was his Bob name? Bob from on the corner. It's what was like, his name? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for those guys. Like Metallica had a, they had a bassist before um, Cliff Burton named Ron McGovney. <laughs> and Ron McGovney has taken it in stride. He does interviews, all kinds of stuff. And he's a great guy. And he's like, and they're, I think they're still friends with him. And he was like, you know, I just, I wasn't there. You know, he's just like, I, I you know, he's like, I love being in the band and everything, but He's Cliff Burton, you know. You're not going to stand in the way of something like that. That guy was just too good, you know. Um, and then, you know, but I think in in that to, in that token, uh, Jason Newstead got shit on because he is a good bass player. Yeah, they, they even 20 For, years in the band, they always called him the new guy. Yeah, and then For not after, being Cliff Burton, exactly. Yeah. And then when they even when they kicked him out, they weren't going to invite him to the icon thing. That's, I don't fucking like them for that. Like I think that that was a cock move. Like that's a guy carried you through. Uh, the, the, arguably the, the best part of your career and not even arguably the best part if of your you're going career. to be like that at that time they had the technology just to have a bass track just have a bass track playing along with you on stage right you know if you're going to be like that to the guy i mean it was like he carried him through after cliff died during master of puppets tour he was brought in and then you know the, he did he did and justice for all has fucking one on it, which was a massive hit and got radio airplay for a thrash band in the fucking eighties. Yeah. That's crazy to even consider. Um, then he, then he brought him to the black album, which made them the shit band that I hate today. You know, <laughs> don't get me wrong, man. I'm not one of those people that, you know, sell out and all that stuff. I don't believe that, but I do believe that they compromise their musical vision for clicks. I really think they did that. You know, um, I think that uh, early Metallica, you know, and Master of Puppets and Justice for All are not just metal masterpieces, they're musical masterpieces. Mm-hmm. They're fucking amazing. Orion is, is an instrumental of staggering complexity. And Isn't it like music. seven minutes long? It's, yes. And then yeah, they, they had the guts to do that on those albums too, have yeah. like long songs. Yeah. Uh, and then and Justice, and then, uh, and Justice for All had, you know, massive songs on it, you know, and, and then uh, the Black Album is just. It's rock music and it's good, but you know, I knew when people from, from up the holler were starting to like it, I wasn't gonna like I hate to say it, but they're you know, they weren't the biggest fans of Injustice for All and all that stuff. They liked one, everybody liked one. I mean, that's a big song. But we as all as thrash one oh, one <laughs> the only way I, I really is thought you one. I thought you were gonna go Bono. I really thought you were you know. Um but uh you know, all us thrash heads really were fucking, you know, Musical snobs in a lot of ways. We never and, mentioned Tom Morello. He really pushed the envelope. Yeah, it was, very, it was very original in his playing. He he did a lot of. I should have said him. Yeah, stuff. I think he's probably is my favorite rock guitarist. I mean, he's just the crazy shit he would do. He'd take his fucking chord out and bang it on his pickups yeah. and shit and do crazy shit. Oh, like, I mean, like it seemed like ugh, there was no band. Well, I'm not saying no band, but like the energy they had. It was not nice. the day. It's insane to watch. Unmatched. Things. On that video for, um, I, I read this somewhere or something. On that video, uh, it shows that for Bulls on Parade, they're in Mexico City. When people jumping up and down registered on the Richter scale. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, anything that would have broken anything or like that. It was not even a minor tremor. But those things are very sensitive, and it re- did register on the Richter scale. It's insane. That's fucking nuts to get all those people that amped over something you're talking shit about. I think that's why uh, uh, Zach Delaroque should quit. 
because he was just like, well, this is selling, but it's not doing what I want it to. Yeah. So like he resented success because he wanted to be Jack Kerouac. He wanted to be, you know, not even Jack Kerouac necessarily. He wanted to be more like an Allen Ginsberg or somebody like that. You know, somebody who... Stop know, making such awesome songs, you know? Well, I thought he, I really think he probably thought that if the delivery device was the good enough. The message would get through. Yeah, yeah. That the message would get through. And it did to certain people, me. I mean, it changed the way I thought about everything. That's Rage Against the Machine is more responsible for than anything for what you see sitting here today because I really hmm. started to read those books and go down that path. You know, I was just And like, you are a communist. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can't prove that, but. <laughs> You've been blacklisted. <laughs> I am wearing olive drab clothing yeah, all the time. And, you always you know, dress in that olive drab. <laughs> JMO's completely nude. Like military sort of drab. Yeah. Kind of smoking Cuban cigars all the time. And but your hat is, if you turn your hat backwards, it kind of looks like Che Guevara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> drummers. Let's we, talk about drummers. Drummers. Dave Lombardo from Slayer. Ringo. Oh, yeah. We were. Yeah, when watching like the Beatles with the Le- Let It Be documentary, mm-hmm. like, like you were talking about how it gave you more of an appreciation for Ringo. Like oh, he yeah. just he sat there paying attention. Like he always did. His number one thing was to serve the song, mm-hmm. and like it, pff, he was one of the best at that. He would sit there while the while the other three guys are working it out, arguing whatever the fuck it was they were doing. He just sat there and looked <laughs> bored. And when it's time to count it in, one, two, three, bam, he's in. I've seen old footage of them, and that does without even without even getting into it. That's what it always looked like. Yeah. Like he's sitting there like, hmm. all right. When are they going to stop arguing? <laughs> Come on, guys. We're just four boys. We were just four boys. <laughs> well, see, we were just four boys. I can't wait for my turn to play. <laughs> <laughs> Remember on Family Guy when he wrote a song? They put it on the fridge. Look, Ringo wrote a song. We're going to put it over here on the fridge. They were so terrible. I mean, the Beatles weren't. I guess they were. They could be. The Family Guy Beatles. The Family Guy Beatles. Imagine trying to write a song in that group, though. Oh, fuck you, kidding (laughs) me. You can see how George felt. And he was a great fucking songwriter. He ended up being, like, the last album, uh, Abbey Road, he might have had the two best songs on there, dude. I don't know. I like that song. I got yeah. my I, I got my mind set on you. Good song. That's a great fucking it's a cover, song. but it's a good song. Yeah, I th- I think my favorite album by a Beatle after the Beatles is probably All Things Must Pass. George Harrison. That's I don't know. I think that that's that's a reference to his Beatle days, is it not? I would think he wrote that song during the Beatles. It was it was uh, they practiced it during the Let It Be sessions. He's the youngest one, right? Yeah, he was like eighteen when they hit or some shit. I think he he might have been eighteen. It's crazy to think that he died. Like, didn't he die the soonest? Like two thousand two. No, he died. In, like, well, oh well, John. But John would have lived, possibly. Well, he talked he, a lot of shit, dude. He did. The government wanted to kill him. I need to watch that documentary, the the United States versus John Lennon. Pretty good. I'm pretty good. Well, I don't like being mad. We'll get into that. That's in my favorite things. But you'll things. appreciate John Lennon for being the badass that he is, He's making very, the government that mad. He was very punk rock. <laughs> oh, he might have invented it. Him or Bob Dylan. Yeah. I think Bob Dylan kind of invented it whenever he started going electric and the crowd hated it, and he'd just turn around and tell Levon him to play it fucking louder. I love that shit. <laughs> I love that shit when it's just like, this is not, like, you were telling me when they were telling you to play covers, and you played, this is not for you. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's a very punk rock movie on move on Dutch's part. So. I, w- I have almost an adversarial relationship with audiences that decide to talk shit to me. 
I don't care. Okay, that I get that. I, I shouldn't do that. Well, no, I was going to say, you know, if you had an adversarial nature going up, going up, maybe it would affect a little bit. If, but I, that's just your nature. I mean, I wouldn't ask you to change your nature. You know, people would say, "Won't you play something a little more upbeat?" And I would just say, "Do you want to come up and play? Can you play anything?" I'm going to play the songs that I have here. This is all I. <laughs> I'm working from a text. <laughs> all right. I always like it. Y'all know anything good? <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are awesome. Like I always say, no. People come out. People come out and see right ready. <laughs> Apparently on not. And it's a great show. <laughs> and you know, I just I can't deal with fucking idiots. I just I, I can't do it. Like I'm. I'm that's I, I can't say any more about it. <laughs> the thing is, playing these unless you go to like an empty glass. Or like a Taylor Books, if you're playing at a bar, they have groups at Taylor Books. They'll have like little small acoustic, acoustic acts. Not me. Nice. But <laughs> you should try to get in. They there. won't. You tried. I've tried. They never answer emails. That's much. It's fine. You need an agent. I need somebody because I'm not good at it. I'll be your agent. Go ahead. See if you can get something out of this. I don't know shit about anything, but let me tell you something. I'd be like Susie on the Marvelous yeah, Mrs. Maisel. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll even dress like her. You, you, like you've got the hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, hers is more of a biker hat. Yeah. Tell me tits up before yeah. I go on stage. Yeah. Have you? Tried, I love her, dude. She's great for like gigs like that. Bookshops. Have you tried writing songs like uh, Annie DeFranco? No, Melissa Etheridge. I'm not that talented. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't Franco. I can't write good songs I can just write my songs <laughs> so. Joan Baez Joan Baez is great She was man um, Jewel was tremendous Jewel was wonderful Yeah You know that And she's still So hot She was telling the story though You know that she didn't When she was sleeping in her car And shit like that You know she did that Not because She She did it because The producer wanted to fuck her And she wouldn't do it Yeah and she's like, no, fuck you. She told that whole story on Rogan. It's she has awesome. like a four-hour good Rogan for her. episode. I mean, that's good way to stay. Way to stick by your guns, knowing you're good enough, but taking that risk. Like, yeah, it's like the the, the Bob Weinstein's of the world are just. I mean, the Harvey Weinstein's of the world. Bob's are not great either. Well, he's, well, he knew what his brother was doing. I think Bob is misunderstood. Okay, okay. I'll, let's let's tear at that you don't thread know, a little bit more. You don't know the Bob Weinstein I know. Do I not? <laughs> Tell me more about Bob. I don't know a single Weinstein. Like <laughs> we're in West I know Virginia. Eric Weinstein. Weinstein. I think they made him made everybody start pronouncing it Weinstein because they didn't want to sound like the Weinstein. Oh, the, the scientist. Yeah. Duo. Yeah. Um. Drummers, uh, Ringo, uh, uh, Dave Eberzies from Pearl Jam, Jack Irons from Pearl Jam, Matt Cameron from Soundgarden and Pearl oh, fuck Jam. Yes. I was going to say Matt Cameron. Jack um, Irons was also in Red Hot Chili Peppers in the early days. Lars Ulrich is a Lars great drummer. Ulrich is a he's very a good drummer, yeah. but he's a great drummer. Yeah. Huh, here's one. I don't know his name. ACDC's drummer. Oh, that's uh, solid as a rock. Yeah. Well, but, which one? The the they all sound the same. There, well, there's Cliff. Um, we also didn't mention Angus. Not Cliff. Well, we didn't. I, I really should have mentioned Angus. Solid God, as damn. a rock. God, yeah. I've never heard a guitar tone that didn't that made me want to run through a wall more than he's fucking, fucking great. But you know what? Like, what's crazy about that? I think uh, Malcolm had more to do with their sound than Angus did. I think Angus. Rhythm. I think yeah. Angus said that. Like he's yeah. like this guy's more responsible for this band than anybody. Yeah. And Cliff Williams. Cliff Williams doesn't get enough uh, respect for being the fucking drummer. I mean, Phil Rudd is the drummer, by the way. Okay. And then they had uh, Matt. Matt's. Um, he was in the firm. I can't. He, that was which is not had balls to the wall. Which is they were essentially just an ACDC cover band that had a, had a hit, and then you know because they were from Australia too. And that's the um, thing. Like you know. 
yeah, ACDC beats are pretty. I have to pee. You guys keep going. Pretty simple as far mm-hmm. as drummers go, but like, if he like in that band, if he played like Keith Moon, it wouldn't be the music wouldn't be as good. Like right. for that music, mm-hmm. he played like just a simple hard beat, and that's what it needed. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it just fit it perfectly. I'm just talking about when we were talking about bass and drummers, the beginning of. Um who made who? Doom, doom, sh, doom, oh, doom, yeah. You know, that's a great opening to that fucking, you know. Mm-hmm. He, I, that's a best, that's a perfect rock opening mm-hmm. to a song. And then this dun, dun, and then here they all yeah. come. I mean, it's, that album gets shit on a lot. And, mm-hmm. and I don't believe it deserves it. You know, they had bad albums. Let's talk about ACDC. They had bad albums. <laughs> Blow Up Your Video is fucking terrible. Ball Breaker is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, their newest one was not good. Um, but they've had... And two different versions of the band having two, uh, some of the greatest rock albums of all time. Dirty Deeds Under Cheap is a great fucking album, man. Oh, yeah. Highway to Hell mm. is a great fucking album. Uh, one of the biggest, like one of the most famous rock riffs of all time, Highway to Hell. Absolutely, uh-huh. yeah. Um, back in Black, are you fucking kidding me? It doesn't get better than, bigger than Back in Black. But my personal favorite was always Let There Be Rock. I love that fucking mm-hmm. song. You know, ACDC, there was a rock band for getting shit on in England and places like that. They they and because punk at that period was the Sex Pistols and stuff like that, which is not punk. Punk I particularly care for, by the way, but could not get could not get on shows. And they would they, all the punks loved ACDC because ACDC was so punk without being a punk band. Yeah, I mean they had the kid in the fucking uniform. They're you know unapologetic. Fuck you, you know Bon Scott will beat the shit out of you and then have a beer with you. Very punk rock. I've always loved that. I remember seeing that in a documentary that you know Top of the Pops. They ACDC got on there and and it was all, it was all punk at that point and then they brought him on and all the punks went crazy and loved him you know it's just, yeah ACDC fucking rules I know all their songs sound the same and that's fine they rule it's a good song yeah. so just keep playing it. Yeah. <laughs> they they did what they did you know they were good at it they didn't try I mean it's okay to try to experiment and do different things but there's something to be said for just like sticking with what you do best absolutely. And my uh, and this and the song "Let There Be Rock." My cousins covered that, and I was, and I love their music. And um, but they were very complex for what they were trying to do, and they never quite caught on because they their complexity was more than what people were ready to handle at that point. Was the complexity for the sake of complexity? You think? No, uh, they wrote good songs. But I do think that they tried to avoid hooks and stuff like that. Oh, and so that, see, I, think I don't, that, I don't try to avoid hooks on purpose. I just can't write them. Well, but they are all, you know, all good musicians. Like my, you know, Eric is a great guitar player. He works really hard at it. Todd was a great, great uh, singer, and he had a great stage presence on it, tremendous stage presence. And they would do good songs, and people liked their music. But I remember they did a fucking cover of What the Rock and ripped the fucking joint up. I thought mm-hmm. I thought people were going to start ripping seats out of the fucking, out of the <laughs> bar stools out of the fucking thing. And start What's tossing. the name of this band? Uh, they're called Silver Judas. Silver Judas. Um, and they, I remember, like, they... They didn't want to do covers because they hated covers, but they decided they were going to start like sometimes closing with Let There Be Rock and they would fucking kill it. And it just the energy of that fucking song, you know, even by a band that wasn't ACDC, that was probably technically better than ACDC. Like they could probably play, play yeah. better. But like, yeah, like, like one of the best things about ACDC is the energy, like you said, and just the attitude. Right. Like that came across in their music. I mean, you know, Cliff Williams saw it as a rock fucking bass player. You know, Malcolm Young, one of the most underappreciated rhythm guitar players of all time, you know. And then Angus Young, who's a fucking star, man. He was just a star because he's so odd of a fellow, you know. Um, 
my buddy, this is a, a true story. I worked at Hooters and my buddy, he worked there with me and he had a pick collection and he had all these, had met all these famous people and ACDC was playing in Charleston and his girlfriend called him. They both worked at Hooters. She, you know, and she's like, you need to get down here right now. He's like, you know, the, Worked at Hooters, been partying all night. What the fuck are you talking about? It's eight o'clock in the morning. He's like, get down here now and bring your pick collection. He said, there stood Angus and Malcolm Young, and he mm. fucking talked to him. He said they were this tall. In Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they, they would come over to get some food, and they cooked it for him. Wow. Um, opened up for him, and as they were firing things up, just cooked him some wings and stuff. And he got to meet them and got their picks and all that stuff. That's awesome. It was a great story, man. Well, Jeff was a shit. This has been. It had been 25 years ago. Wow. I mean, it was... Uh, Back when you were young. It was, the Razor's Edge, it was probably the Razor's Edge store. Hey, yo. So that's 30. Shit, that's that's 33 years ago. Fucking shit. 1989. Favorite vocalists? Mike Ness. Uh, Dutch, uh, Dutch Underwood. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the cash. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Wait. I didn't get anything. Uh, fuck you. Um, of course, the Beatles. Of course, Eddie. Of course, uh, Chris Cornell. Um, Fucking Maynard James Keenan. Roger Daltrey. Maynard James Keenan. Um, I love watching. Uh, there's a vocalist, a vocal coach who reviews rock songs, and she was brought to tears by Maynard James Keenan. Like She's like, he's holding that note. <laughs> she's like, watch it like, you know, because he just keeps holding it. Yeah. And she was, you know. Um, there's, I mean, there's plenty of better singers. Of course, yeah, Ad- it's Adele's funny. great, but like there, there's with any instrument or, or singing, like, uh, it's like the technically the the objectively technically best people aren't always like my favorite. Yeah, like I, I really like Connor Oberst's voice. A lot of people can't stand it. The guy from Bright Eyes, in case you've never heard them. I've listened to Bright Eyes on here before. I like them. All that stuff you guys listen to, I, I like it. I really need to go down that. Just, I mean, you keep on putting the ticket at me, and I don't keep. And I, yeah. haven't, I haven't cashed it in yet. So, um, should we move on from this? Uh, should we talk I, about the I, disc golf experience? I still. Or? Well, one thing I was gonna say is like, in like we, were, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song came over the radio today. And like in any band, there's like elements of the band I like. Certain thing we're talking like Chad Smith is like he's a pretty he's a good drummer, really yeah. good drummer as far as rock drummers go. And um, I really like John Frusanti, his guitar playing, his minimal guitar playing, and like even though like best clean tone in the business. Yeah, so those are my like two him. favorite parts of like that band. Like um, least favorite part, Tony Kiedis, baby. Yeah. Get out of here with that bullshit. You don't like him? No, I like him. Why not? I probably like him as a guy. I read his book. I don't think that's so. <laughs> Scar tissue. I read that. Probably be fun to hang out with. How's that? Uh, <laughs> no. I think that he's one of those guys that he's in his fifties uh, now. He'd probably be all right now. Yeah, but in his youth, he was such a jagoff. I mean, he was just like, um, that's just the impression that I got. Like he. He seems like bum, a guy. Bum, 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 well, he just seems like a guy that would be. He he he's he comes off as aggro. I mean, he would be. He's this little guy, and he tries to be a tough guy sometimes. It's like you're four feet tall, you know. Yeah, you're gonna get these hands. I don't care how. Ooh. I don't care how fucking much you take your shirt off. I'm a big fat guy would crush you. You know, any, anybody at this table would crush you. Got a you know? sickness, and the only prescription is these hands. <laughs> 
at this smoke. I do like a lot, not a lot, but I like quite a few Chili Pepper songs. Speaking of, fuck yeah. Speaking of, does when an, a musical artist takes their shirts off to perform, mm-hmm. does that change your opinion of them in any way? Not Depends me, on who it no. is. Because you're talking about the likes of Iggy Pop. I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he's <laughs> I've a, never seen him with his, with clothes. Exactly. He's in a class by himself. I mean, he's... And talk about being ripped. Shit, the motherfucker's still ripped. Uh, and he's probably 80. But um, I don't know. The guy from... <laughs> right said Fred. <laughs> no, the guy from fucking uh, Incubus. I can see that being a family guy thing. Oh, yeah. Throwing a shirt at him. It's, it's too- all a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> I was He's that, too beautiful. I was he never is, motherfucker. I was never a big fan of the blues traveler phase where John Popper took his yeah, shirt off. Yeah, I didn't like that. Either. Yeah, it's really. It's know, a long road to go down to set blue skin. Joke up, and, I like it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going to say, favorite uh, vocalist, there's a. Punk band called The Last Gang, and I even have to look it up. You know, lead singer is called Brenda Red, and she's this. There's like a dude, right? Yeah, she's the one I listened. To. I played the Last Gang song. You didn't know it was a girl. Yeah, she's really growly. You know, she's a big girl too. She's Gruff. probably she's probably six seven. I'd, I'd say she's at least five ten, and she probably goes over two hundred pounds. I mean, big for a woman. I mean, and I got into an argument. On a fucking you want to do on a Reddit board because somebody said she's you know said she stole she's Swaggerjack and Brody Dale. I was just like you know, and she's this lead singer of the Distillers. She's a punk legend, you know. She's hot and everybody loved. And I, I like Brody Dale, okay, I guess, but um, I'm not a big Distillers fan. And I was like, you know, it doesn't. It, it, she's not the only girl with a growly voice who's punk in punk rock. That's a that's a whole group of people. So you know, I just and I like uh, Brenda Red better. So, um, right on. So, like, go ahead. I was gonna like for guitars. Is just so hard. There's so many, but like for drummers, uh, you definitely have to in rock drumming. You definitely have to go with Keith Moon, John Bonham, yeah. Ringo. Yeah, probably Dave Grohl. Yeah, so much. Uh, I mean, you talk about Dave Grohl. The first two Foo Fighters album, he plays. All of the instruments. Mm-hmm. He's so talented, dude. It's ridiculous. You ever t- heard him talk about how he plays guitar? He treats the top two strings like the bass drum and the bottom strings like a snare. So that's why you always hear boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, ba. And he's so like they've got a movie out. Yeah, and he's he's that guy. He can pull that off. Like I remember they would have on Comedy Central. Oh, they had all they would have like. Famous people do promos, cut promos, whatever. They would like host an evening on Comedy Central. No, it wasn't that. It was just they would have them do like commercials, like for Comedy Central. And he did one that was just you could tell how effortless the comedy was for him. He's like, yeah, he's, very funny. he's like, there's nothing worse than somebody than a rock star trying to be funny. But you'll see it here. Like everybody started laughing. It's really funny. Well, why do that's, you think all the um, by the way? Oh, all the Foo Fighters videos were so funny. Oh yeah, it's because of him. Big me. I mean, it was fucking. Yeah. Except the one about the Holocaust. That was. Yeah. Well, that one different. where they said not enough Jews died. I didn't like that. It was an interesting. It's debatable. Creative choice. So, but you know, hmm. I try not. To I'm kidding. This. No, he's not. He's not kidding. He's sitting there drawing swastikas in his notebook. Yeah, we good t- ones too. We were talking about that. How like Iron Cross every well. kid in high school just. You know, doodled swastikas, not because they even knew what it meant. I didn't know I was a little kid because it's just a because of the shape. Yeah. yeah, it's a satisfying shape. And, and like the, the, the weird S the with S. The, the sharp diamond like S. There was a fucking thrash band that was great called Sacred Reich. And they, yeah, and they weren't, a, they were like 
very eclectic for that point too because they had a song called 31 flavors it was like a a punk song uh, a funk song it was great you was know? it spelled s-s-a-c-r-e-d no who knows <laughs> that's the thing though is that the, the s was like the first the album was, s kind their of. first album was called 1488 and that's a deep cut if anybody <laughs> 1488 it's like some sort of the 14 words oh god the ones that tucker carlson says almost exactly on the show and he does by the way he loves tucker carlson i fucking despise him but they i mean they were a great thrash band they never quite hit right up there but and then their name sacred reich i was just like yeah like guys that's rough it's like the old wrestler that jim Cornette had uh the final Final solution solution. (laughs) that guy was on Every steroid, and I'm not saying you know every time of steroid. I'm saying he was on all of them. Like mm. he just went to the steroid bin and just took a basket and swept it all out into the basket. It was crazy, man. Who was that? I have no idea. I don't think he he wasn't a good wrestler. He was no, terrible. he wasn't. He was a lump, but he was just like so physically intimidating. Speaking of good wrestlers, um, very, WrestleMania very was meandering last weekend. Show <laughs> well, I'm just going to touch I love on it, this. Though. It's good. Stuff. We'll touch on this real quick. WrestleMania was last weekend, mm-hmm. and Logan Paul had a match. With the against the Mysterios, Rey Mysterio and his son. How did he do? Well, really, he was tag teaming with the Miz because you got to have another pro to protect mm-hmm. you, and he did as well as any celebrity coming in to do a match of as I've ever seen. He's probably no David Arquette. David Arquette is actually a, is a good wrestler, much better than David Arquette. Really, what happened? To he him? did a f- giant frog splash and like he did flips and stuff and like it looked good. See, he didn't sell very good. Of, well, of the two, I like Logan better because I think Logan was kind of just along for the ride. Jake Paul is just an obnoxious cunt. I think, but Logan, he knows what he's doing. I think so. Logan is the mastermind behind all of you it. You think it is? I think he's the master. Jake's just the mouthpiece. Yeah, he's he's the obnoxious one. Logan, he's actually, the mouth of the South. Yeah. Jenny Hart. <laughs> I actually like the guy a little bit. I'm not going to like listen to his podcast or anything. Who, Jake or Logan? Uh, Jake or Logan? I like him a little. Yeah, bit. he seems to be a nice. I guy. like when he shows up on things. Like he's friends with a lot of comedians, mm-hmm. and he'll show up on things, and he's actually pretty funny. And he admits the dumb thing that he did in that Suicide Force where they filmed a video and like they actually showed a, a dead person hanging. But as far as just seeing him as a professional wrestler, I was like, that kid did pretty good. If he decided to do this, he would be gigantic. And that's for Suicide Force, a Japanese thing. Yeah. That is the most Japanese thing I've ever heard. People just go to this force to kill themselves. A uh, 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 suicide efficiency forest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it. You, you think that'd be something in Germany? Yeah. Like the, uh, well, their cultures the are very like, similar. I mean, why do you think they were in the Axis together? You know, that's the thing, though. Is like it's like a it's like a supervillain movie, or the, or it's like the Sith. At the end, they're going to have to turn on each other and see who's going to win. Yeah. Now Germany would win that one. Come on, let's just be honest. But it would be an interesting fight. Also, so. in WrestleMania last week. Um, the Saturday they did two nights of WrestleMania. Now Saturday the main event was Kevin Owens. They had he. I haven't watched it in the last year and a half or two years, but WrestleMania was on and I had nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. And um, Kevin Owens has like a segment that he does every week, and and he's been talking shit about Stone Cold for like the last two months. And this time Stone Cold comes out and. They sit and talk for a few minutes, and then they decide to have a no-holds-barred match, and Stone Cold wrestled for the first time in 19 years. Jesus, how did he do? He did well. It was awesome. He's on the HGH and TRT, I would think. Yeah, well, he, he's like, he, he didn't get to go out on his own terms last time. Mm-hmm. He feels good. They protected him. He didn't. He did take a suplex on the outside, and he delivered a couple suplex on the outside, but nothing crazy, just a beat him up, and everybody loved it. It was wonderful. He drank beer the entire time. He had a couple of stunners. It's exactly what you want out of Stone Cold. Yeah, his dude, he was such a, that era of fucking wrestling was, speaks for itself. Hell 
Yeah. You mentioned Jake Paul, Logan Paul, and like, is that, do they still do that a lot? Like, celebrities come and wrestle for a few weeks and they're part of the. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in the 90s, like, I wasn't big into watching Mike wrestling. Mike Tyson with. Uh, he was a referee. With, with DX. Yeah. yeah. And then also Carl Malone and Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And they, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> How did they do? Not well. Not well. Um, Carl Malone did okay, actually. I tell you who wrestled really well was was the fucking ICP. Yeah. They really were good wrestlers. Really? Yes. Yeah, they were into it. Shaggy Two Dope would flip off a of shit and go through tables. Nuts. They, I mean, they run their looked, own looked crisp, looked really good. They yeah. run their own wrestling promotion to this day. Yeah. I mean that's just I despise their music as garbage. I love it. But <laughs> I don't love it. It's fun to listen to. They have funny lines. <laughs> <It's> miracles. <laughs> I like this the song about magnets. Yeah. <laughs> that's miracles. How the fuck does that shit oh, yeah. work? <laughs> I mean, those are real questions <laughs> yeah, people yeah. want to know, man. Uh, there's know, a, but it's so like, One of the lines in the song is, what is the juggalo, a Hulkamaniac? He power bombs motherfuckers in the thumbtacks. That's wonderful. It, it's hilarious. I mean, I, I respect them for what they do, <laughs> and I think that they're shrewd businessmen, and just they're probably great guys, too. They, I just hate their music. One of them was on, Shaggy Tudope was on your mom's house podcast with Tom Segura and Christina Pajitsky, and he was very funny. I bet he was. Yeah. How How's that Creighton treating you? Uh, um... It's. Do you not feel it? A little bit. Yeah. Maybe you should get some. Get some more next time. You can still yeah. get. You can get more. If he's, you want. Uh, he's taking it slow. He's still got quite a bit. Where of I didn't take that my regular doses today, and I don't know if you noticed. I mean, I'm fucking. It's, yeah, you're. Yeah, you're, you're talking. <laughs> it's very bad. That's good. I'm sorry. It's good. No, <laughs> I tend to do that. I'm sorry. Let's do favorite things, and in the middle of favorite things, we'll talk about our disc golf day. And you, you'll start off, of course, Chuck. Yeah, this segment was created. I don't know if you know this. It was created because I hated everything at yeah. one point. So, we so Elena said, literally, what are things that you like? Yeah, that should kinda, be a segment. It's kind of like the, the the thing where like you you talk about what you appreciate to right. get your mind in a better right. Yeah, right. we talk about like if you watched a movie this week or... It usually is entertainment, but it's yeah. usually... I've mentioned my daughter like, a nice 50 walk. times on it, you know, so... Even though this is the favorite things segment, playing disc golf was not one of my favorite things that I did this week. Yeah. But it's still going to be in there because... It's one of your favorite things overall. It's, it's my favorite thing. Like, also, it's also funny to hear me be mad about things, I think. <laughs> yeah, Dutch, <laughs> Dutch had, like, you know, sometimes in golf or disc golf, you just have a rough day, like nothing goes right. And I had that a few weeks ago at Dunbar City Park when you had a really good round. Yeah. So it was kind of reverse today. Did talked well. about on the, you, talked, you talked about that on the show. Yeah. How you were struggling that day. No, I did well. He did bad. No, that's what but, I'm saying. But you, today, yeah. it was the exact opposite. Yeah. And I was embarrassed in front of everyone. Uh, if I could have, I would have killed myself. You did right not there. get last place, though. I did not that's, get last that's place. That's an achievement. So in I'm itself. holding on to that. <laughs> Go ahead with your favorite things, Chuck. Um, okay. Um, there were a few. Uh, well, one of them was I watched uh, the first episode of Rome, which was on HBO. Hmm. By the way, you mm-hmm. can tell that in that period... There was not a lot of money in the Well, yeah, shows. a lot of times in the first season of shows. But but in that era, of, that's yeah. one of the first shows they did. I think it was, I you, think it came just in the middle of maybe uh, Sopranos. And you didn't need a whole lot of money in Sopranos. Right. But early on, like with Carnival, if you remember that show. Oh, yeah. You could, Deadwood. You could, Deadwood. Mm-hmm. You didn't need a whole lot with that one either, except for costumes and mm-hmm. stuff. But you can see that the, they're a little bit on a shoestring just to see if people like this. Sure. I mean, it is Roman history. And it's and to, to people who don't know about it, it's boring. But I sent Dutch a text about it because I was watching and I had a 
sickening realization, a, a stomach sinking. Is that the one where you said the N word a lot? I'll read. The no, text. that's oh. a completely different one. Okay. Um, there's so many. <laughs> this one was, um, by the way, the guy playing him playing Caesar is CR and Hines, who, if you watched uh, game of Thrones, did you watch game of Thrones? I still haven't really. You would love Game it. of Thrones. You really would. He played Mance Raider. He played, you know, King Beyond the Wall. Irish actor, of course, with that name, CR, and you can't get more fucking, you know, Celtic than that. He's, he's basically he's, a potato. <laughs> essentially. An orange but, potato. But yeah. he's just, he played Caesar and he had that grovelly voice and looked like him, you know, that gravitas and all that stuff. And um, what Caesar did and this is what made me think bad about it is there are two sections of the Roman body politic. You had the patricians or the senators, rich people, you know, had a stake in controlling everything, making sure that they, all the wealth went in their hands. Then you had the plebs plebeians and we're all plebs like the, proleta- the proletariat. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. And, um, Caesar was a patrician, but he got the plebs on his side by, feeding them bullshit that under him things would be better they weren't but they believed that they were he would throw when he when he he destroyed the gauls which the gauls are the ancestors of everybody sitting at this table Mm -hmm. um the early celts before they moved to the british isles and became who they were um they you know as a matter of fact the beginning of the show is i talked about this a couple weeks ago the uh the last stand of erison getterix at uh at uh, gallia i think was the name of the of the place and um, they beat the Gauls finally and made him kiss the standard and all that shit. But all the wealth that Caesar just fucking stole from the Gauls. And they talked about the show too. They're like the senators were just like, it made me think about watching the, the Senate and our, and our just Congress and how they have a vested interest in keeping us all poor and all that stuff and how the, and how I hate to say it, but the, but the Trump supporters and all that stuff are right to be pissed off and all that stuff. Now, believing in Trump is like believing in Caesar. He's not bringing you anything more. He's not going to give you anything more because it doesn't, it doesn't benefit him. The only thing, and then the only thing that benefits him is keeping the system in place as it is and reaping the benefits from it. You really see this on Twitter. Yeah. How they try to play to their base and try to get people riled up. Absolutely. Cause I'll get like targeted tweets uh, at me. Um, like, uh, all these senators or Congress people, I would I'm, Ayanna Presley and mm-hmm. AOC. Yeah. They'll shut up. They'll, they'll preach about a certain thing for six months leading up to the election. Mm-hmm. And then they'll shut the fuck up about it for two years. Student loan, uh, Medicare for all right. student loan shit. And then for two years, they shut the fuck up about it, but the midterms are coming up and now they're screaming about all that. Biden. Shit if Biden would excuse student loan, if he would do the student loan forgiveness, I can just excuse all of it. He would walk into the White House. He didn't have to be carried because he's a half cadaver, <laughs> but he would be. But he'd be, he would win. Um, Trump is is playing the Caesar playbook. Only the difference between Trump and Caesar is is that Caesar was a bona fide tough guy here, uh, war hero, all that stuff. Trump is a gutless coward. So, um, it, <laughs> but I'm saying that all those people who are in that camp whether they know it or not are running the Caesar playbook where they're trying to get the government toppled and it's going to be under the guise of still of having a Senate and a, and a house of representatives, but there will be an autocrat at the top of it. We are heading towards that. And that is going to happen. If, if Trump gets back in power, he is not leaving office and he will not allow the office to be elected again. He will pass the office off to somebody else and 
since he's going to control the military, because the military, of course, is made up of the plebes. No rich people are in the military. Some so of them what are. we'll have is a uh, a coup d'état. Yeah, it'll be, you know, they'll they'll it's it'd be different than it was back then, where it's just open taking shit. But that's essentially what happened. They will try to make it look legal because we are in the modern world where people are different. But at our base, we're not. So I, mm-hmm. I had that realization watching this, like, wow, that's what they're doing. And Trump doesn't know that. Steve Bannon knows that because he's brilliant. He's a piece of garbage, but he's brilliant. So he's he's obviously a student of history, and he's trying to run this. So I was actually – when I have those realizations, I, I feel kind of good about myself. I'm like, oh, that's a pretty good parallel to draw. But at the same time, I was like, oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rome is great. It's a great show. Um, there was that good part about it. Um, Thrift books is a great thing. Thrift books, yeah, it's uh, online. You know, you can find any book for, you know, hardback books for like three dollars. Oh shit, books are like, I- I'm making out like a rat, fat rat now because nobody likes books anymore, or they have Kindles. I have a Kindle. I don't like. I've done books on a Kindle. I really don't like it. So, um, you want to smell the pages? Well, and I like owning books. Like I've got the library of the house. You know where I've got it's pretty full as it is. So I'm going to have to put more shelves in probably and um I, I just love it i found you know books by all my favorite authors are on there for dan simmons books are dirt cheap and he said i've told you about him he wrote hyperion and all that stuff these staggering works of science fiction that are just nuts you've read all the dune books haven't you uh you're a dune guy just just dune like from audiobook oh. on youtube so that's fine it's dune the first dune book is good um the second dune book is also good third one is probably better than the second one after that they're unreadable like it's just oh really well they're just the characters are not there's not a single character that i liked because it's not people have the wrong idea about dune dune is not a hero story dune is a it's a really it sets it up like it's a big hero's journey do you think do you think the second movie is going to try to make it a hero story just well paul's story is a hero story but it gets put on set on its head. Paul goes out a hero. I mean, he gets his eyes burned out by by an atomic. It's what happens to him. But um, if through his prescience, he's, he's still well. I mean, <laughs> but uh, I don't even know if they'll include that part. But um, he becomes a, a prophet that wanders the desert, and then his prescience is really weird. Makes him able to see. He's still able to see, even though he doesn't have eyes. It's so crazy. Like, so he's sort of like Daredevil. Yes, yes. Oh my God! <laughs> I have that the coffee cup dropping moment from fucking. Yeah. Remember in Daredevil, they um, they asked him because he could see before, and they asked him about uh, what what it's like um, not being able to see. He's like, I like this better actually. Yeah, because he can like sense things. Yeah, the echolocation, like when he hits, he has a cane because he can hit something. Yeah, and it bounces off everything. It's really cool. Um, Moon Knight. That's another favorite thing. Um, I need to watch the second episode. Uh, it's four hours long. No, it isn't. No, it's like less than an hour. It's 50, 50 minutes. 52. Um, 54, something like that. It's an hour with two commercial breaks. That I mean, they still they still make them, so if they wanted to revert back to if the they old, wanted old put style, in syndication. Yeah, yeah, they can do that. Um, trying to think what else. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it this week, I think. I had... Um, I can't wait to get the books... I started reading. Uh, what all books did you get? Well, I got uh, Olympus or Ilium, which is the first. Uh, what's weird about is most writers in science fiction and fantasy, and just writers in general, write a trilogy. Trilogies are easy to, even to manage. You know, you can take time with your parts of the story, beginning, real, literally beginning, middle, end. You know, 
Dan Simmons writes duologies. He always writes two to, but they're huge books. Like um, uh, there was Hyperion and Fall of Hyperion, and they're two giant books. There's Endymion and the Rise of Endymion, which is really relates to the to the circumstances in the story of Hyperion, but it's just years later. Then he wrote uh, Ilium and Olympus, which is a completely unconnected. I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't in the same universe. Dan Simmons probably does a uh, extended universe thing himself, not as much as Stephen King does, but um, and it's one where Earth is, you know, it's got actual Greek gods on it now, but it's just technology. It's these people have, that have converted themselves into these things. And one of the coolest things is they made Achilles and. To be such a great warrior, what happens is he has a probability wave that surrounds him. Mm-hmm. So you almost can never hit him because it's just the mm-hmm. probability just works. It's fucking very it's quantum. The, it's very awesome, dude. Those, those books are so good. Dan Simmons is a brilliant writer. Um, I got the first book in that series. I can't wait to pick it up. It's actually at my mom's house. I'm going to pick it up now. And I do love just looking at the cover. Your and, mom's at your mom's house. Sure is. Um, I can't. Uh, Hyperion, they're going to make a show out of, I think. And that's going to be great because it's. A towering work of science fiction. I mean, it's just it's so strange. Um, but yet, at the end, the the end is one of the most satisfying endings in the history of anything I've ever read. Like hmm. this, just a quick thing. The you know, there's these things called forecasters that throw people to, from one end of the universe to the other or the galaxy, and then they're fi- facing these people that have left Earth, you know, before Earth collapsed, and they're called the ousters, and they have what? used RNA to become non-human essentially but they're coming back into the thing and people think they're coming to conquer and that's not what it turns out to be but then it's like this big conspiracy this big conspiracy to to do all this and it's fucking awesome man when they tied it up i was like holy shit i did not see that shit coming hmm. so um and usually i can see where a story's going i think i'm something i'm thinking i'm pretty good at is that i can see i was like that's where that's going um but uh i can't wait to see it'd be the show would be a ridiculous amount of money like it's oh, yeah the bezos well, that would be a good Amazon project. Like, um, Olymp- Ilium and Olympus will likely never be made into anything. We could film in space. <laughs> yeah, you probably fucking could. You could create, you could actually create creatures that would act your shit out, and then you could just press a button and dissolve yeah. them. Well, they've served their purpose. Goodbye, you know. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I can't, the whole Dan Simmons catalog, uh, just real quick, this is the last thing I'll say, is ever. <laughs> Maybe uh, it's been a good run. Yes. Black Hills is a great story about a Native American guy who's wanting to blow up Mount Mount Rushmore. Uh, it's an amazing book and would make a good movie. And or, he has Mel Pattern baldness. I think he's that's why he want, That's why he's pissed. Yeah, he's sorry. It's the whole thing. <laughs> um, then the but uh, one of his best books was uh, Drood. I don't know. Uh, Charles uh, Dickens had a book that he never finished called The Mystery of Edwin Drood. And they don't know why he didn't finish it. Um, and then this. He's probably getting pussy. Charles Dickens? Yeah, you don't think Charles Dickens fucked? Oh, sure. Probably. I mean, but the, the whole the book <laughs> is like pausing of what if Edwin Drood was real? You know, this monstrous character. And it's, it's a great fucking book, man. It's so he's so meat and potatoes writer he gives you everything you want it's red meat you know you're just fucking Bow, blam i mean tad williams a great another great writer is more of a for full course meal he'll give you a nice appetizer and shit like that yeah. dan simmons you're jumping in he's Get giving it to you um and then the you got george r. r martin is fucking just one of the greatest but anyway that's that's pretty much all i got so okay this week uh we played a uh 
disc golf tournament at uh, Wine Cellar Park there in beautiful, scenic Dunbar, West Virginia. That's a stretch. And I got my ass handed to me. The, one of the probably the muddiest round I've ever played. It was rough. It was cold too, wasn't it? it that didn't bother me so much. I had long johns on. Yeah, but the weather's just some shit. I just I I'd, I'd only played that course one time, and it was a year ago when I sucked even more than I suck now. I still suck. Don't let any don't let me uh, give you any. But I've been playing good lately. I've been being, playing pretty well. Um, yeah, been throwing good. Something was off with. Everything, my timing, um, my footwork was off, and if your footwork's off, everything's fucked. And anytime I got off the tee and I had it seemed like I had a good rip on something, the disc would just go and smack into a tree, and then just the worst imaginable kick off the tree would happen. It would go down into the woods. It would go up into the woods. It it would do things that you can't imagine a disc would do, but it would do that. And then I'm going into briar patches trying to get to my lie and there's nothing I can do. It happened almost every single hole and I ended up 18 over. Even I know. Ouch. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. That's, that's a score that I was getting last year around this time. And then JMO was, uh, JMO tore it up. I think today I had my highest rated round ever. Probably. Which wasn't great, but still. But and it was funny, just like how two or three weeks ago at Dunbar, the roles were reversed. Like, yeah. Like, I just I, I felt uncomfortable the whole round at Dunbar City Park. Nothing went right. And today I felt more like in the zone. Well, but TDW was hecking, heckling you during that, yeah. during that whole. Yeah. It felt like I had. A, Let's not talk about him. It felt like I had a rock in my shoe. You ever have that? Yes. It just felt like I had a rock in my shoe. The disc didn't feel good in my hand. Like yeah. I just shouldn't have played, but I already signed and, up and paid for it. And there's and like certain rounds, like a few weeks ago at Dunbar City Park, when you had a great round, like it felt like all like all the the variables that I can't control, everything went yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. And like today, I didn't have, like everything. I got lucky on a lot of things, and everything felt like it went went right. So, talking about probability waves, it just yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> nothing. Some days, some days those days add up. You know, just nothing happened and, correctly. For and me. you can feel it too. Like you can yeah. feel it. Like you just don't. You're not in the zone. Mm-hmm. I knew when I was practicing putting before I walked up to the first tee. I was like, "This is this doesn't feel right. Nothing feels good about what I'm about to do." And it all went very poorly. I did get par on the first hole, it, which is a hole that I should have parked I mean, and gotten a birdie. It's even worse when like the whole course is just like mud. Yeah. Steep, You're trying steep, not steep to fall everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. You're trying not to fall everywhere, every step you take. You're trying it can not just to be fall. frustrating. That yeah. just, that'll just throw you off. But it didn't throw other people off and they it's just a I think I think also it's my attitude gets to me a little bit. I get a little bit down on myself. Yeah. Golf is probably one of the, the uh one of the sports that has the biggest mental component. And like and people lose it, like man. like team sports, like you're usually people are running around. You don't have time to think. Golf or disc golf, you have a lot of time to think. Yeah, you can get in your own head. And well, I can say this is that my mom, who was always a naturally good athlete, I mean, she and so competitive. Oh fuck, it was so annoying sometimes. She would get upset when they would lose at charades. But um, <laughs> she really would, man. She heard my stepdad would get in arguments coming back from Christmas because they lost at fucking charades. And I was just like, oh, my God, who cares? But anyway, um, she would play golf and she was a good golfer, you know, and then she'd come home so mad 
because she didn't play well that day and just sit on the couch and you had to tiptoe around her because it was, you know, glash out at you. Like yeah. golf, like I haven't played ball golf in years, but like any kind of golf, disc golf, whatever, it is like it's probably the most golf is a very frustrating sport, mm-hmm. even for someone who would happen to be good. Like there's still a lot of stuff. You Tiger can't Woods control. is plus six today. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He made the cut, but he he's out of contention for winning it. I think he's proven his point, though. <laughs> yeah, he shouldn't, he shouldn't even be able to do this right no. now. He almost had his leg amputated I 10 know, months man. ago. It's fucking, it's crazy but how good he was. I kind of like that about golf, like, you know, because you can, you, it's hard to be consistent, I think, and you can just have a fluky, really, really horrible round, but that makes the great rounds, like, you appreciate them even more. Yeah, like a, a Adventures on the Gorge. It's, uh, you played it. <laughs> it's a nice little pitch and putt course. It's There's nothing special about it. I can play 18 holes there, and I can go if I I haven't done it, but if let's say I I'm having the rounds of my life, I could probably go twelve under there over eighteen holes. I can also go twenty over there. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. depends on the day, you know. Um, and it doesn't even like correlate to how much you practice beforehand. No, that's what's weird. It's just yeah. it's just some days your your release point is off by that much, mm-hmm. and you're going straight into a tree fifteen feet up the up the fairway. Um. Yeah, the last few weeks I've been playing pretty well, and I expected to, I, I expected to have a score like Adam and Nikki both shot eight over today. I expected to be right around there, and uh, that just didn't happen for Adam's me. back from Hawaii. Yeah, he's back from Hawaii. He said to say hello. He didn't. He didn't actually say that, but I'm <laughs> telling him that. No, he said aloha. Oh, ah, you know, because of why. You haven't met Nikki, have you? His brother. You'd like no. Nikki. He seems like a type of guy you'd be into. Cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Not sexually, but no, no, no. Never, that's what know. I'm talking. Never about. can't tell. That's what I'm talking about. Um, it was a very frustrating round. Then we decided to go eat at the El Jalisco, which is wonderful. That was Still. probably the best part of your day today. Yeah, <laughs> they are. Dude, well, this is the best part. Consistently of my day. good restaurant. Yeah, just always. Oh, it's kill. great. And what the, the off the menu thing? The, these new tacos that they have. It seems like they have like roast beef in them. And then like a special sauce, some sort of special sauce, and it's the and another special sauce. Taco, the taco shells aren't crispy, but they're they're fried. You can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, the uh, tortilla chips were wonderful. The cheese dip was chunky. Mm. Oh yeah, well, the, I'd even go so far as to say it was chunky. Chunk. And what was the, what are they called? Chili rellenos. Chili relleno. We yeah. we each got one of those. That was wonderful. And then we decided to go to up to four H. And try to get the stink off of that bad yeah. round. And of course, that was a genius decision. Terrible because, decision. Because <laughs> if you want to feel good about yourself, you should play the toughest course in West Virginia. Yeah, I was going to say, you should have gone to AOTG or yeah. something. And then we go, but I, that's my course. I expect that course to spank me. I know what I'm getting when I go there. Mm-hmm. I expect it. I know what's coming. This course is going to whoop my ass. And it did. But I know it's coming. I had a couple good rips. Uh, and I'm not, I, I don't get depressed at all when I play like shit there. So I was just happy to get another walk in, you yeah. know, a good, a good walk spoiled. We, uh, JMO, you, you, you played better than me. Just only, I mean, we, we both had a rough round at 4H today. I was just a few strokes better. But uh, after playing 18 at uh, Wine Cellar, which is an up and down, up and down, mm. I said after covered in mud. Afterwards, I said I don't care if I shot four under here and I win the tournament and people carry me out on their shoulders. I don't know that I ever want to play this fucking course again because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it is every every hole. It's a hike to get to it. 
I think that uh, we've talked about this before. If if one of us ever got fuck you money, one of the first thing I would do is buy that buy hawk's nest from whatever oh we talked about that we talked about being wasted whatever whatever the fuck they're doing with it yeah we talked about how the it would be be beautiful it would be an ideal location for a really kick-ass disc golf i mean it could be like west virginia could be a golf uh a disc golf mecca you know i mean and and hawk's nest could be i mean they have parking they have everything Mm -hmm. i mean fucking it's a clubhouse i mean west virginia has really good terrain because like Flat states aren't great for disc golf. They're kind of bland. You, right. But like with our terrain is so varied and it's just great for disc golf. Because you got uh, the Beach Fort course that we went and played there last summer. It's nice and flat. It's up there in uh, Cabell County. Mm-hmm. It's nice and flat. It's not like a hike at all, but it's a really tough course. It lulls you into that sense of security in that front nine. You're like, oh, man, I'm doing well. I'm only two over here through the front nine. Then it just fucking shoves its fist up your ass in the back nine because there's a creek that runs through the way. entire thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not in that good way. But it's a fun course, and it's very well designed. Really pink socks you. Huh? Yeah, it really does. Um, but you also have courses like 4-H where it's a hike to get. It's not as bad of a hike as uh, wine cellar is to every hole. Then there's a new course they put in up at Beckley. There's a couple holes that are kind of hikey, but it's a – there, you, there's it's, actual as actual room to throw down the fairway before you hit a tree. It's mm. it's not too challenging where it's you, you still have a pleasant experience. Yeah, it's I'm still going to have pleasant. Fun. Like a, a good round there for me. Like if I play great, I could probably go even there. But if I play my normal way that I have been playing the past few weeks, if I go eight or nine over there, I'm like I had fun though still because you know um, we have all these chopped off mountains we could put disc golf courses all over me plant trees you make fairways mm-hmm. you, you do whatever it is you need to do we can carve shit through the woods this would be a, an ideal place to be like the east coast mecca of disc golf the only problem is we have a winter and it's not that bad of a winter yeah compared to a lot of places like charlotte right now is the east coast mecca of disc golf yeah and they they don't it doesn't get as cold down there i don't think as it does here it depends like they've, I, I lived in Carolina Beach and we got, first year I moved down there, man, November, we got fucking smashed. I mean, it was people making snowmen on the beach. <laughs> but I think that'd be something to do if one of us ever got fuck you money is to, uh, is to start just putting in good disc golf courses, hire actual good designers like Johnny Sias or whoever the fuck and put real money into it. And you're never going to get that money back. No. But, um, I would say, I would assume all of them are operating at a loss. I would assume so. A lot of disc golf courses are like public park. Yeah, you know, in, a, in a public park. Mm. So and they put it, they put them all through the woods. They don't have to hire separate people to mow the grass. It's just the park people who do that anyway. So, yeah. which is a good system, and it makes it free. Most most disc golf courses are free to play. All right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, also with all the explosion of building and growing up in Fayetteville, you know, and all the hippies that are going to move there that besides the one that are already, already there. Yeah. A, a disc golf course, just down right down the mountain where it's a huge one. It's one of the best around here. No, no, no way. It would not be packed. Like oh, all yeah. the fucking, like down. the, um, so. they are putting a new one in at the, uh, old, I'm guessing the elementary and middle school, the old one. I'm not sure. It's in called Fayetteville. The, yeah. The PK eight is what it's called. I think I'm not sure where it is, but they're putting a new one in there. I'd like to see him put one along the uh, endless wall trail. That would be a awesome. liability there. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of liability. I mean, there. you're going to lose a lot of discs and you're going to have some people follow their death. Well, there's pl- there's plenty of room off of the off of the trail yeah. to where you could put up T pads and and cut out fairways for shit. I'd like to see that happen though. Although 
it'd be hard to find parking because it's already packed there. They're going to have to do something about that, aren't they? Like, yeah. it's, I mean, they're, they're really going to have to uh, make a good building project where they're not spoiling a bunch of, you know, good, good natural beauty to do that. Yeah. Like the one they, they put down there in uh, Cotton Hill is that's if you could ever fucking get into it. I don't think I've ever seen it open yet. I haven't either. So, you know, I don't think that's right. I think they should make it open year round to residents, but um, yeah, I mean, Another thing we were going to do. Are you, you want to keep talking about your day of disc golf because you did good at least in the first round? Nah, I'm I'm good. I mean, I just, it, it, I don't feel as though I mean, you're rubbing just, it in. I mean, I just had my best round ever, but no, nah, <laughs> I don't need to talk about it. It's, fine. it's, fine. it's not a big deal. Yeah, it really isn't. No, because really, my my best round ever is not that great. So, not. what I'm going to do now is we're going to we're going to take the Beatles' White Album, okay, and we're going to pare it down to make the greatest album of all time. Because it's 30 songs, right? Jesus. 30, yeah, 30 songs. We're going to pare it down. We're going to take out the songs and add songs because we can. Okay. But you're, at, you're just adding songs that were recorded. Recorded during that session. And released as singles, you know, yeah, during that session. And I should make a new playlist out of it, so if anybody wants it, we can do mm. that. I wonder how you make a new playlist. How do you make a new playlist? Um, hey, Siri. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done it before. I made the... Um, let me see. I've made okay. There's playlists. Mm-hmm. Okay, the plus sign. I'm gonna name the name it White Album 2.0, and then we're gonna add the songs off of the White Album that we want. Let me see. Well, search white album. I'm sorry, I have to uh, talk about all this while I do. You want it. me to make notes so we keep track of like how many you can. songs we have? All kept. right, we're gonna keep. What do you think? Fifteen? Yeah. So ha- like it's there's thirty. Tra- it's a double album all together. There's thirty tracks, thirty songs. All right. So then. if we if we limit it to fifteen, which would be more like a you know a single. It still um, might. Be, we don't have to follow the rule that it has to fit on a uh, one single oh, uh, vinyl. Vinyl. Or, we don't have to follow and, that rule. Yeah, like because I don't want to follow that rule. Because well, I'm, most Beatles songs are relatively short songs for yeah. the most part, so we don't have that problem. But we'll just cut it in half. We're taking like you know from thirty to fifteen. So we're taking the like with any double album, you can always make it better by taking the. All the tracks of the double album taking the best fifty <laughs> percent, yeah. and it's a more concentrated quality of album. Mm-hmm. But we're also you said we're also you can also add some of the other songs that were released as singles during that time. For some reason, it's only showing me all the way down to Piggies. The rest of the album's not showing up for me. I got the list here. All right, it starts off with uh, in on the original. It's uh, back in the USSR into Dear Prudence. I say both those. I'm keeping Definitely keep keeping both of those. Putting them. See, on I'm not terribly familiar list. with any of these songs. Okay. And the second song is "Dear Prudence" um, by the Beatles. It starts off like this. And we're keeping that one, putting it in the exact same place because they lead right into each other. What's the third song? Glass Onion. 
that does not on have the fence. I, I would if it has if you have to cut fifty percent of them, I would cut that one. Let's cut glass onion. Okay. Obladi oblada. That's next. Yeah, it? I love that song. Obladi oblada's in. Wild honey pie. <laughs> Wild honey pie can go fuck itself. Yeah, not that's, a good song. That's easier. It's just money pie. Money pie. <laughs> and it's like one of those fifty-three second songs. Oh, yeah. it's just a yeah. something we're gonna throw on there. Yeah. What's next? Continuing story of Bungalow Bill? Yeah. For me, I'm on the fence with that one. But you I, do said, not like, I do not like the continuing story of okay. Bungalow Bill. So let's discontinue that story. That, that story is closed. And then, so what, leave that off. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Of course we're putting While My Guitar Gently yeah, One of a, Harrison's best uh, works there. So we'll leave that in. Mm-hmm. Next, would that be Happiness is a Warm Gun? Yeah, that's next. That's also staying. Okay. Sounds like we might have disagreement there. No. I, I would be, I mean. Happiness is a Warm Gun has four different genres of music in it. Okay. And, and good it, good point. All good. You sold me. <laughs> that sounds, J-Mo's voice wasn't terribly enthusiastic. <laughs> next one, Martha, my dear. That's, I think that's great. I think. I agree. Martha, my dear is wonderful. I'm so tired. That's on the fence. Uh, for me, I think it could be if, if we're if we're having to cut down. I mean, this cut off half. Like What's a get? I think it's get. Yeah, it's a get. G I T. Yeah, like get. It's like a dickhead, like an asshole. Yeah, it's um get. I really like that song. Like it is like an asshole. Yeah, I like that song, but it does not have to stay. Okay, because we're going to add some things oh, that are going to blow your mind. So Blackbird's next. Blackbird's Black definitely Bird. staying. Obviously, right? Piggies. No, thank you. Rocky Raccoon. I do not like Rocky Raccoon. How do you feel about Rocky Raccoon? I don't care for I it. I probably like it more than you do, but I'm okay. It's Paul McCartney doing too much Paul McCartney. Yeah, <laughs> he's too much Paul. Kind of a goofball. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, don't pass me by. Which no, is, thank you. It's that, the, it's the best of the Ringo songs yeah, on here. It's one of my favorite Ringo songs. If Ringo has to have a song. <laughs> I'll put that one on there. That's not a requirement, though. Yeah, so. We're not requiring that for this. Right? Okay. If so. Ringo has a problem with that, take your rings off and come get these paws. Take your ring and go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, why don't we do it in the road? Why don't we take this song and throw it into the ocean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind it. It's fine, but we only have a few songs to put on here. Uh, I will. That's a fence. That's on the fence. Really? I don't love it. I don't hate it. For me, I think. Of it's, course, it's, I love it. It's, it's a one of the we- yeah. But if you're if you're put yeah, I think it's one of the weaker songs. Plus, the a, there's a song right after it that's better that has the same sort of yeah. Vibe. Julia, I would definitely leave on Julia. It's a sad song about John Lennon's mommy. Smile calls me, so I sing a song of love. It's in baby birthday. Now, how many songs do we have? Right now, uh, eight, eight. So we need seven more, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, let because we're going to add some that aren't on here, that aren't on the album, but that were recorded yeah. during the same session. You okay. see what I'm saying, Chuck? I see what you're saying. Because there's a song that was recorded in the same session that's going to blow your dick out <laughs> of your own ass. Oh, and it's perfect for like a it's closer. Perfect for a closer. So birthday, birthday is a, a pretty good one. That's it's a, a fin- let's let's slap it on there. It's a good. It's rocker. a fun song. Your blues. You're in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's such a, such a heavy blues song. Like Free as a Bird. Is it from that era? No, nah, that mm. was 
that was recorded out of scraps left in John Lennon's rec- like he had already died whenever the rest of the Beatles got I just didn't recorded. know if it had been recorded in that I think he recorded it in the mid 70s okay. it might have been during his lost I love weekend. that song it's a great song yep. Mother Nature's Son that's more it, uh, John Denver did a better version of that than what? the Beatles how the fuck dare you <laughs> it, it's like the Beatles writing a John Denver song it is kind of that <laughs> During that same time, John had a song called Child of Nature that ended up being Jealous Guy. Yeah. I'm just a child That's an nature. interesting question. How do you think the Beatles would have done with Country Roads? They would have done a mm, wonderful version yeah. of it, I think. Other Nature song, we're not putting that on there, right? R- yeah, I was not. How about Everybody's Got Something Hot Except for Me and My Monkey? It goes a little something like this. It's a dance song. Oh, like it's 1968, baby. Isn't that rod symbol? Yeah. I like it. You very, just play the guitar riff. Very funky. The bending guitar. <laughs> what do you think about that one? Uh, That's on the fence because we just have to cut some. Yeah, so. we got to cut something. What I love you, that song. What do you though. say? Fence fence with everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. Um, okay, then Sexy Sadie. Sexy Sadie, I really enjoy. Thank you. That's tough. Yeah. I really like that song. I'll put it we'll put it in the maybe with the monkey. Next up is Helter Skelter. Oh, I think that definitely has to yeah, stay that one's on in there. there. Yeah. Long, long, long. Well, like I really like the song, but the recording Here's the, the mix new. the mix is not good on the album. Here's the new mix of it. I think we can leave that. If one it up. has a def- decent mix, you, you would leave it on. Is that? What you're I saying? would leave it on with a group. Yeah, I think I would. Mix. Now next is uh, this. It's Revolution Number One, which hold on a second. Which sounds? It's kind of acoustic bluesy version of Revolution. Yeah. And then same. There's Revolution Number Nine. We're saying both of those. We could probably take out, but switch them, switch with the rocking version of Revolution. Yeah. Okay. So the the Revolution. You say you want a Revolution. Yeah. Oh, that's who that song. Like is. the rocking version where they're just like they're they overdriven the speakers. Yeah, that's the version that needs to be on the album. Yeah, that's great. It, on this concept that we have of the concentrated white album. Um, I fucked something up here. I've still got it going. I'm just trying to. Okay. Well, you want to go through the, keep going through the list. We're almost done. So, Honey Pie, not Wild Honey Pie, but Honey Pie, the, the old timey Paul number. Um, I like it. for me. I, I could be okay with it not being there. Uh, what about Savoy Truffle? No, thank you. Yeah, that could go. Cry Baby Cry. I, that, I would keep that. I like Cry Baby Cry. I like Cry Baby Cry too. Um, and then good night. Thank you. One of the, I think that's one of the the weaker songs to close a Beatles album. So I'd be okay with that. I think so too. I want to go back and play um, the White Album version of. All right, let me. What is going on? Why is it only showing certain? Okay. 
this is nothing's working anymore. All right, we went through the, the list of all the songs. We have the definitely are there's fourteen, so there's one more. The, the maybes were got something in the hikes that me and my monkey whatever sexy Sadie, but then there's another song that wasn't on the album that would make the perfect closer. Yeah, it's called is, Hey Jude. Hey Jude was recorded during that session. And would be a great closure. So now that's that's fifteen. If we go with that, yeah, we're going with that. Um, so that's so. If we concentrated the White Album and maybe threw in some other singles from that session, uh, we would have Lady Madonna was also recorded during that oh session. Oh God! And hey, I love hey Bulldog. Hey Bulldog, and I like you. <laughs> Here's the uh, acoustic version of Revolution. <laughs> Here's the electric version. Sped up. Is that the one that everybody knows? Yeah, yeah. this is more the more popular version. That's yeah. why it's added to the list. Well, yeah, Lady Madonna is hard not to put on there. We already have 15, though. Well, what we have, like right now, the concentrated... Condensed version. ...of the White Album, if it was not a double album... Back in the USSR, so, dear Prudence, dear Prudence, obladu oblada, while my guitar gently weeps, happiness is a warm gun. Yep, Martha, my dear, mm-hmm. Blackbird, Julia, Julia, birthday, yeah, your blues, helter, helter skelter, long, 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 the rocking version of Revolution, cry baby cry, and then definitely close with Hey Jude, and that's that's. Con- that's condensing the white album into like one great single album. That'd be a heck of an album. Pretty good. Maybe, then maybe that order wouldn't always work, but definitely close with Hey Jude. <laughs> I think that definitely close with Hey Jude. Yeah. Why does this not work? Nothing's working anymore. Somehow I got the order mixed up. Anyway, I like our version. Yeah, of it better, and you can mess with the order and everything, but I think the, that's that's a pretty good concentrated version of the White Album. And what was the other one? We long, long, long. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the out order I have is back in the USSR. Dear Prudence, Obladio, Blada, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Happiness is Warm Gun, Martha, My Dear, Blackbird, Julia, Birthday, Your Blues, Helter Skelter. And we're going to put Cry Baby Cry after Helter Skelter, Revolution after Cry Baby Cry, Long, 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 and then Hey Jude. How does that sound? Yeah. The, the, only, the only qualms with that order is like you have Blackbird and then the Julia, and they're kind of similar styles. You might want to mess with the order, but those are the songs, I think. Yeah, let's put Julia after birthday, between birthday and your blues. And long, long, long between revolution and helter skelter. Cry baby cry right before Hey Jude. I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. I wonder how long it is. 52 minutes. That about fits. Yeah. On Shit, a, that's on 15 songs, 52 minutes. Hell yeah. And if we want to, we can... Uh, 
Yeah, and I'm still leaving out like Lady Men. I would be okay getting rid of. Oh god, it's hard to get rid. Maybe maybe ditch Happiness and Warm Gun for Lady Madonna. Not ditching Happiness and Warm Gun. I will ditch either Martha, my dear. I know. Or birthday. Oh god, that's a tough one. What about Hey Bulldog? Hey Bulldog's a better song than Birthday. Nobody cares about this, and we're having so much fun. <laughs> Me and Jamo, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. like this so much. I'm questioning if if making lists is good uh, podcast. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> making visual I paper I able, lists. I was I was wish I was more able to contribute. Mm. The fact that you're listening means a lot. Though. Yeah, we're okay with it. Okay, I would I would put Hey Bulldog where because it was the, recorded during the same session. Right, I think so. Lady pretty, Ma- pretty sure, yeah. Lady Madonna and um, Hey Bulldog were recorded on the same day. Fuck. <laughs> you ever so, heard Hey Bulldog, mm-mm. dude? Wait, your 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 dick's gonna come shooting out of your ass. Hold on a second. Is that the one you were talking about? It's one of them. You won't get taken down for this. Not if I only play a little bit of it. Okay, just listen to this. Listen to that panning. I like it. That's great. Sheepdog. That bass line. Oh my god. Bullfrog. Doing it again. Some kind of. Oh shit. Anyway, that's part of Hey Bulldog. It's, it's one of the best songs that... Uh, it's one of the most underappreciated Beatles it's a songs. Gritty, you know, one of their gritty songs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyway, I think we've done it. I think we uh, we made the uh, best uh, Beatles album of all time. Yeah. Now you got to think, here's something. You've heard the song um, uh, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, right? Yes. That was recorded during the same sessions as Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Mm-hmm. And so was Penny Lane. And those that's a double A-side single that they yeah. put out mm-hmm. and that is not on Sgt. Pepper. And, and back then, that was the usual, like, singles were not also on the album. They, right. were, they were completely separate. I remember here, you know, yes. I know but that. By, by that time, everybody was putting their singles on the albums so they could sell the albums. Mm-hmm. But the Beatles still weren't. But they could if they wanted to. But if they would have decided to put Penny Lane and and um, uh, God damn, Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields Forever on that album. There's no question; it's the greatest album of all time. Yeah, it's not even close. Wow, wow. what a bunch of assholes <laughs> for being how good they were under before they were even thirty. They broke up. Oh yeah, Jesus Christ. There was a Quantum Leap was a shitty show, right? It was fun. I like, but this this goes to what I'm saying. There was an episode where he went back in where time. He's retarded. <laughs> he's like, oh no, I'm retarded. That, that's the most controversial. That was the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> there was an episode where he went back as himself when he was younger, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And his little sister was a. A giant early Beatles fan And she asked What happened to the Beatles Because they're like Humoring them But it's almost like They believe him Because he knows he's not lying But they think he might be mentally ill And he's like Well they break up And then he tells her about uh, John getting shot Oh Jesus And then she tell, And then he He said he had a song 
that was one of the greatest songs ever. And he starts to play Imagine. And she just starts breaking out crying because then it scares the shit. I've never heard that song before, you know. I mean, it was like, this is proof that he's from where he says he's from, you know. It's, I always thought that was a underrated moment on a... It depends on who you're asking, over or underrated show. I never thought Quantum Leap was that great, but I thought that was a, a, a good moment of that show. That song is... It's like it's been appropriated now for like uh, likes on Twitter. Remember that? Oh, the, oh, the celebrities did. Yeah, they're so fucking awful. Uh, Sean Lennon shit all over it, <laughs> and as he should have. I mean, but you know, Ben Shapiro hates that song. That's fine because he. I don't care for him sometimes. I mean, a lot of the time I don't care for him. I, I, I'm not doubting his intelligence, but he's so he's such a capitalist fucking like a temple capitalist, I'll call it, where they have turned capitalism to its own fucking religion. He's one of those guys. And the very fact that John Lennon suggests socialism in that song is just fucking... I don't see it as suggesting socialism at all. Well, it's more in line with what he was thinking about John Lennon in in general. He just doesn't like him. I think that song suggests anarchism, actually. Well, whatever. I mean, mean? it's just he, he just shits on it and... You know, hates it. He, I, he's just—he's such a prick. He always does that. Takes things back to political people. That he doesn't like. <laughs> I <laughs> doesn't do what it is. I, I really need to quit doing that. I do that. Try to make disc golf political. <laughs> Not enough black people. That's a tough one. Oh. <laughs> Give me some time. <laughs> Not enough blacks, Hispanics, women. I think only four women played today. All of them did better than me. I bet. Pretty sure they did. Tucker Carlson probably hates it. <laughs> there you go. What if he's good at it? Tucker Carlson's oh, like God, a scratch. Are you discover. fucking kidding me? <laughs> Motherfucker can barely wipe himself. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants uh, my version, our version of uh, the Beatles white album, holler at me. I'll send you the link to the playlist. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I kind of want to. Can we call it the wider album? (laughs) (laughs) The honky album. There you go. Um, Anybody got anything else you want to talk about? Jamo? Do you have any favorite things other than spanking my ass all over the disc golf course today? Uh, I I am happy about that. Like spanking my ass. Yeah. (laughs) I have been struggling with disc golf recently. So I had, I mean, I have a good round today. Felt pretty good. Um, da, 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 da. favorite things. I don't really like anything. Oh, <laughs> oh. maybe your episode right there. I don't I really think. like anything. So <laughs> you're probably right. So around the, around the house, I play guitar. Uh, I don't play guitar in any bands or anything, but just, I, just around the house, I play guitar. And you're going to play guitar on the upcoming album, probably, in some way. Yeah, if you want. Then you're, you can play a rhythm guitar. You probably play better lead than me. But uh, one thing is, like, I've had a Fender Strat, a caster, for about 15 years. And I've always tuned it in standard tuning. And there's a thing on the internet I saw, when I've heard it before, but, like, the Stratocaster, well, Fender guitars, um, generally, but more specifically the Strat, sounds better if you tune it down a half step to E flat. So I finally did that. And I think that's true. Like it just, you think mine would sound better? Like 
not as much as a strat, but still because Fender has a longer scale than Gibson's, mm-hmm. it, it might. But like there, the videos I watched on YouTube about like Gibson Epiphone guitars that have a shorter scale don't sound better tuned to E flat. They sound just too loose and floppy. When you're saying a bigger scale, you're saying they're a larger guitar. The the, scale, the necks are longer. The scale is like the distance, the length of the string that from the bridge to the nut. The, the string okay. has to vibrate. Yes, the bridge, it's the the vibrating part of this. It always string. seemed like to me that Gibson were small guitars. Yeah, because they have yeah. they have Gibsons generally are a scale of twenty four point seven five inches. Fenders are usually twenty five point five inches, a difference of three quarter. But like that makes a big difference if you tune them to the same. Like they're different scales, but you tune them to the same um, the same notes. Fenders are going to be a lot easier to bend. Than, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, no, uh, Gibsons will be a lot easier to bend. I noticed stuff. that whenever you you had your uh, Les, Les Paul, Paul over here yeah. it was. So it's, so it's a shorter scale than your tellies, and it's it's going to be easier to bend. All other things being equal, and that's why I put lighter gauge strings on mine. I wonder if I had like a an Epiphone or Gibson, if I could put like tens or twelves on them, or yeah, I think I got tens on my guitars now. Twelves on them, like I used to back in the day. Yeah, because it was so hard to bend those twelves on my fucking Telecaster. Yeah, and it's going to be like it's going to the tune to tune to a, the, a certain tuning. Fender fenders because of their slightly longer scale are going to seem harder to bend. All other things being equal, mm. but it, but also like if you so, uh, but if you and another reason why people like to tune strats or Fender guitars down half step is that just tuning it down makes it easier to bend just because it's yeah. slower. I wonder to, if that's why you see a lot of people with their with the capo on one on like a yeah a because because then they can make it go back to regular tuning. Yeah, and there's like I've heard uh, like. Jimi Hendrix, a lot of most of Hendrix's, Hendrix's stuff was tuned was in E flat. There's a, like a, like a few songs, few hits like "When Cries Mary" was tuned in standard, but most were down the E flat. And uh, I think Rhett Stahl was the YouTube guy. I was watching. Like, yeah, I know him. He's on and, Beato all the time. Beato. <laughs> but he was saying like, there's a few reasons why maybe Hendrix. Uh, I mean, others did too, but Hendrix was big about tuning down the E flat, and he played strats. Um, one reason, because maybe you know, if you tune down half step lower, then your voice can be a half step lower, and you know it might fit your range better. Uh, but for H- Hendrix, it was probably more about um, maybe getting. Maybe he knew that it was just a sweeter tone with the Strat when it's tuned down half step, and uh, it was it's easier to bend. You know, he played a lot of bends, and also like E flat is not like E flat is not a key. That most guitarists play in, like if it's in standard tuning, it's yeah. You want but, those open strings, but a lot like the way horns are, uh, a lot of horn sections, they're made to where like they play. A, it's easier for horns to play in like the keys of B flat, E flat, and A flat. And you uh, can't capo horns. And uh, Hendrix, early on, Hendrix played with more. Like brass, but he had yeah, brass uh, he was in uh, James Brown's band so for a while. It made it would make more sense for him to tune in E flat versus E to go with yeah, the horns. And he so. just kept going, so it makes sense. You ever seen him when he's in James Brown's band, like in the mid oh he early sixties? Completely different. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, it's cute. They were. I mean, just that button down look that he. The seventies. I mean, the sixties and seventies. People just went crazy. That, that's when he was James Hendrix. Yeah, I'm assuming. Do you ever uh, hear the story about uh, the day? It might have been the night that Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band came out, and uh, Jimmy, this new guy, Jimmy Hendrix, was in town um, in London or wherever the fuck the Beatles were living at the time, 
and then all the boys decide they want to go see him and he opens up with the first track on Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club <laughs> in his own version, like yeah. the Jimi Hendrix fucking version. Like learned it that day. Yeah, learned played it that it day so. and the whole band played it that night. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he was... And he was just up there playing and we were like, oh, look at here, he's playing a song. <laughs> and, and John was like, they're playing a song. You wrote that, now he's doing it. He shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, Jimmy... He shouldn't we- be playing a song. Jimmy, John, what, what is this that? thing? Is this called covers? That nah, John probably. Like, Jimmy was all skibbity bibbity bee. I went just skibbity bibbity, and I was like, whoop, 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 whoop. and then he said, "Ream, mini, mini, mini," and it was a good time. It was and a that, good time, and that's how we wrote to rock the White Album. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we're done here. I got a oh, song. Damn near two hours, baby. I don't think we get taken down for the songs I play. I certainly hope not. I don't think. I mean, they're not like major. They're not major label. Definitely. Oh, uh, Adam just texted me, said they went and played Lake Stevens and it was a sloppy mess, too. Mm. So we're glad we didn't do that. Yeah. Probably snowed there, too. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, you bunch of queeves. Uh, Have a great evening. I'm going to watch some fights. Neat. Take us out, Chuck. (laughs) 